first day of shooting, we picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. Who are they? The Collins. They're um Dr. and Mrs. Collins' foster kids. They moved down here from Alaska like a few years ago. They kind of keep to themselves. Yeah, because they're all together. Like together, together. We're recording. Hi guys. Happy Twilight Tuesday. Happy Twilight Tuesday. Hello to everyone that still loves Twilight. Yes, hello to everyone just joining us for the first time or is a regular listener. We love you. We love you. (laughs) My name is Mel. I'm Kel, also known as Melissa and Kelly. Yes. (laughs) We're two cousins. And we live together. Yeah, we're roommates. Crazy. I just first want to preface it saying, for some reason I felt like really, really sick last night. Mm. And I still feel kind of sick. Like, I don't know, I just feel funny. So I'm sorry if I'm, like, off in this episode, but hopefully talking about Twilight will help me feel more present and make me feel better. <laughs> Presence. <laughs> We're all about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not get sick, so I have, like, no excuse, but I just feel very tired today. Yeah. But we're going to try our best. Yeah. (laughs) I drank so much coffee. I mean, I ran out of coffee today, but Mm. I drank so much that I really should not be feeling this way, but here we are. It happens. Mel thinks maybe it's the moon? Yeah, I mean, I heard that. Mercury? I've had such a bad headache the past few days. And I had a really bad headache last week, but it was way too mm. long ago to be connected. So. Yeah, but I've heard a lot of people have bad headaches with the <laughs> full moon, so I'm like, mm, maybe. And But you know what really hurts my head, and I was talking to Kelly about this? When it's winter here and there's snow on the ground, but it's sunny. Mm. It's so bright. It's so bright outside. and It's like Edward's skin. Yeah. <laughs> it does sparkle. <laughs> yeah. The sun sparkles and it's too much for me and it hurts my eyes so yeah. bad and it like it makes me kind of nauseous so I think that might be it. Dang, Mel. I got like really really sick like in the middle of the night last night mm-hmm. and thought I was gonna die. But now I feel. A little I bit can't better. believe it, guys. I slept through it because I had my fan on wicked high <laughs> because there was a party downstairs. Uh huh. So loud, so we couldn't record. Sorry, this is all just <laughs> background information. Yeah, people were throwing a party. Yeah. And, you know, I was mentally prepared to record last night, mm-hmm. and so really... We couldn't, because they were so loud, blasting music. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, totally inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sound, we could hear it so well. Mm-hmm. It sounded like a lot of people. Like at one point, someone must have made a joke or something, and so many people yeah. laughed. Yeah. Like, I 20 people laughed. put my ear to the ground. <laughs> At one point, to like try to count how many voices I mm-hmm. could hear, he <laughs> was like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and we were saying, like, during any normal time, obviously, I mean, it might still be annoying, but usually on a Saturday night, we probably would have plans of our own, yeah, and so we wouldn't be like, damn you. But when you're just like home, yeah, during a and pandemic. no one else is, no one else is having parties or whatever, it's like, what the heck, yeah, it literally <laughs> brought out. To the people who've been to college in the past, you might understand that 
horrible feeling you have when you're in your dorm room on a Friday or Saturday night and you can hear everybody partying yeah. and having fun and like starting their plans out in the hallway and you have no plans. Mm. <laughs> it's like the yeah. most depressing. It's so sad. Yeah. <sighs> That's what it felt like, like being home in an mm. apartment. <laughs> Not a good feeling. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, today we are doing something sort of different. Mm-hmm. We are reading... The Illustrated Guide, yes. which we've talked about doing for forever, but we're not doing like the whole thing mm-hmm. at, at once. once. Yeah. And if you guys don't know, it's the Twilight Saga, the official Illustrated Guide. That's what we're talking about. So we're just hitting up sections in the Illustrated Guide. We put out in a poll on Patreon, and our mm-hmm. lovely patrons voted that they wanted us to cover the Colin. So we're going to Talk about the vampire section, what Stephanie has to say about vampires mm-hmm. in this universe, and then talk about what she wrote about each of the Collins. Yes, it's all about the Collins. Mm-hmm. Our main characters. Yeah, and obviously we've talked about them when we've, you know, read the books and movies, mm-hmm. but this is just kind of about who they are as people. Yeah, we think. Provides What's a little Stephanie? bit more background. When did this guide come out? I was just wondering that myself, actually. Also, it's funny to see how, you know, book prices go up over the years. Mm. Like, I see that this is $24.99 or $26.99 in Canada. And I bet, I just swear, if it came out today, it would probably be like $28. It yeah. seems to be like a common price for the card covers. Which is only a couple bucks, but it's kind of a lot. It, you know, it's only... I mean... Okay, this says it was 2011. Mm. It's gone. I think books have gone up a couple bucks. I don't even remember bucks. getting this book. I remember buying it. <laughs> I think I got it at a Barnes and Noble. But yeah, I don't. Was I eagerly like awaiting this book? I don't know. <laughs> know. It's like a Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's just always yep, always in my drawer. You yeah, know. my bedside table. <laughs> yeah, when I'm. Little feeling a little lost in time of need, I take out my guide and it recenters me. I actually have read this like a couple times and I read it when we first started our podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't know, the information just there's so much information in here. There's so much, but we all often feel stupid because <laughs> we don't know things and everyone else does, I think, because it's in the guide. Yeah, but it's like, okay, you guys, when you have something that is in the guide do you take it out while you're listening to the episode and then let us know are you our historians or do you have it memorized from the guide that's a good question yeah because how could how could everyone have everything memorized i don't know we keep saying what we really need for this podcast is a historian on deck or a fact checker on deck so when we're like we don't i don't know we don't know we could just have a yeah. little historian look it up for us yep just Quick Google search. <laughs> talking to you, Until, Caitlin. Yeah, my sister. <laughs> Illustrated yeah. Guide. So, yeah, it's written by, you know, the one and only Stephanie Meyer. Illustrations by a bunch of people. Rebecca Bradley, James Carey, Young Kim, Sarah McMenemy, and Leah Palmer McEnemy. Press. McMenemy? That's a cool last name. McMenemy. Oh, McMenemy. McMenemy. Yeah. And then... Uh, Contributions by Lori Joffs and Laura Bryn Cristiano of the Trilexicon. It's it's pretty cool. I was saying to Mel, 
yesterday that can you imagine how fun it would be to make something like I this know. just what a pleasure i mean just mm. to for fun write about the characters you created for a story like that would be so fun and to to have people care that much that you could write like just a I know. bonus like cheat sheet about yeah your text and publish it but this leads into slight criticism mm-hmm. i mean i guess it's not even slight it is a criticism of this guy is that i think it's such a cool opportunity to write more about these characters you know people love and we'll get to it but there's a couple characters she just doesn't say much about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wait, you couldn't think of anything? The consistency <laughs> of the depth that she dives into for the different characters, and especially with the Collins in today's episode that we'll get into, it's really inconsistent. Yeah. Like some some of the people she gets so specific and just like basically tells their whole backstory and then some of the characters, it's like we already know that from the yeah. book. I wonder if she just isn't interested in some of the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's strange, I know. You'd think that she could just go wild and write. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wouldn't even take that much time to think about it. You just gotta think of, like, hmm, okay, like, what was her family like? Oh, what happened? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to be things... Because one caveat to that was, well, what if she wants to save some of that stuff for... Another novel oh, someday. Like, you know what that. I mean? Like, yeah. what if some of that would be revealed in Midnight Sun or would be revealed later on in a prequel about mm-hmm. Carlisle or something? So I do see, like, wanting to leave doors open for different opportunities down the road. And I, I do wonder if this book was just, like, put together, like, because the publisher saw, like, a good <laughs> monetary value to it, but it wasn't really, like, something that Stephanie had the time to, like, Maybe. really, like, come up with stories for that Maybe. she had to commit to. Yeah. Maybe. Because at the same time, even though I'm like, some of the characters, it's total missed opportunities, I do, I don't like necessarily when things are like canon and it's just because they were in the guide. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, if we do get corrected on stuff, which I really appreciate because we need a historian, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, well, if it's not in the guide, then like, it's, it's fair to not know it. Or do you mean not in the books? It's not in the books, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because God's not necessarily, like, fun to read for me. <laughs> I think it's fun, but it's not really the book series. It's not, like, you know, when people talk about what's the Twilight Saga, it's mm-hmm. Twilight, New Moon, and Cope's Breaking It's Dawn. like a dictionary. Yeah. yeah. Or you maybe include Brie Tanner, but even Brie Tanner is not, like, I don't know. If someone didn't read it, it's not like they missed a book in the series or something, mm-hmm. you know. This yeah. is really bonus, so... I mean, we are hosts of the Twilight Podcast, so we probably should know more than <laughs> a casual fan. Sorry, you're going to have the audio. I hope this is, like, relaxing for people to hear my book. I think it is. <laughs> it just I listen turned. to ASMR, people <laughs> turning book pages. Yeah. do, like, a close. Ooh, you that's guys beautiful. Like that? Do you like that? Stop. <laughs> do you want to hear me smelling my book? <laughs> Actually, it doesn't have much smell. Oh, it kind of does. Smells like, like it's very like new. Snorting something. <laughs> We're just doing coke. We're doing lines this... of the illustrated guide. 
<laughs> have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? No, I, I actually just haven't. watched it for the first time with Charlie. Really? Charlie. Charlie. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know if he's listening, but I just watched it. I had never seen it before. It was cool. Did you see someone made a TikTok about? I, I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. About, you did. Yeah, about um, Charlie. How Jacob goes, Charlie. Uh, Sarah Van Nest, my friend, shout out, sent that to me. Oh, really? And I was so mad. Yeah. I was like, that's my joke. I know. Actually, that's my dad's joke. <laughs> Do you think that that person genuinely came up with that themselves or somehow they found it from found us? Found it from us. Well, I can see other people True. noticing that, too. I mean, like, there's... To be fair. Billions of people <laughs> in the world and probably millions saw I this know. movie, so <laughs> someone else was bound to <laughs> also notice that line. Yeah. But still. Charlie? I, I felt like it was our thing. I know. It was, not yeah. anymore. Oh my god, I didn't know you sent that to me. I didn't see that. I sent that. it to the group chat. Oh. We also sent like three other TikToks <laughs> at once. So. I gotta say, sometimes I feel overwhelmed with all the TikToks it's like you summer guys reading. send me. Yeah. It's like too much. <laughs> like I'll get them in the group message and Caitlin sends me them on the side. And I'm just like, I... You mean by you guys as in the group chat, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. listeners. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. No, not the listeners. Sorry. Yeah, I was directing that to Mel. Yeah. Um, it is yeah. a lot. <laughs> But usually they are funny, so mm. I appreciate <laughs> Caitlin keeps sending me, like, Lord of the Rings-related ones. I saw a really funny one I wanted to send to you, but I knew you would maybe get too overwhelmed because I sent too many. But it was of the live-action Peter Pan, and then it was a girl being, like, me at nine years old. And then she's, like, lip-syncing to Disturbia, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, oh, my gosh. It's like a sexual awakening to watch Yeah. <laughs> the Peter Pan Wendy little love story thing mm. in the, yeah, 2003 live action. Guys, anyone else love that? Like, that <laughs> that did awaken me. That was almost like a Twilight kind of feel for me, yeah. that movie. It's, like, so magical. There's so and much also, chemistry. Also, I think pa- Peter Pan is very similar to Edward Cullen, actually. Mm. Oh my god, there's so many parallels. Wait, have I talked about this on the show before? I don't think so. He comes in through the window. Okay, yeah. He never grows up. Yeah! He's stuck at the same age forever. And he has, like, reddish hair. Well, not in that live-action one, but in yeah. the cartoon. Hmm, what else? Big I'm... family? <laughs> <laughs> but they're not really related. Lost um, boys. What about, like, there's a bad guy? True. Yeah. That they fight against. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wendy. Yeah. Let's think of Wendy. Yeah. Well, Wendy wants to join him. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Well, actually, the one difference though is like at the end, she decides to go back home and decides to grow up and like not stay mm. with him. Which Bella did not decide that. No. I think it's kind of cool that I feel like we've compared it to Tucker Everlasting too, and in that she decides to, you know, stay mortal and die. Mm. That's good and all, but it's interesting that in this story, she actually does decide to Yeah, that is interesting. I was just thinking that Immortal. Because I feel like usually when they choose not to, it's like a message of, like, mm-hmm. the way our life is. Yeah, is... like, see kids, that's what you should do. That's what Not that you have the choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid of death. Be afraid of an mm-hmm. unlived life. Mm-hmm. But Twilight is all about... Total escape. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Okay, so we're going to start off by talking about what Stephanie had to say about the vampires in this world. Mm -hmm. So she first goes into their physical characteristics. And of course she says, you know, they react in the sunlight with a glitter-like shimmer. That they're very beautiful. That She gets all like scientific about it or yeah. tries to at least. Like the cellular, cellular membrane of the vampire is not as soft or permeable as in a human cell. It has mm. crystalline properties that cause the surface of vampire skin to react prismatically, giving the vampire glitter-like shimmer in the sunlight. Which, okay. <laughs> you know I've said on before on this show that I don't like it when they try to get all scientific about it, but that's okay. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. Fits. One thing she writes here, which is a conversation that is very controversial oh in the Twilight Saga, I know what you're saying. is when she's talking about their skin color. Pallor, yeah. <laughs> Regardless of original ethnicity, a vampire's skin will be exceptionally pale. The hue varies slightly with darker-skinned humans having a barely discernible olive tone to their vampire skin, but the light shade remains the same. And then all forms of skin pigmentation, freckles, moles, birthmarks, age marks, scars, and tattoos disappear during the transformation. Okay, I I mean, I always give her like the benefit of the doubt, kind of, because I know this was written in the early 2000s and people weren't like as woke, I guess you could say, or like talking about this, so okay. Mm -hmm. But I wish that like, I wish that the vampires were pale, or some of them were just because they don't go in the sun. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that make more sense? And then someone, if, if they had dark skin and they became a vampire, they'd still have dark skin, but, yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, They just I, don't go in the sun. Yeah, that would make sense to me, like... Like, not this weird, they turn white. Their natural skin color. Yeah. But some people who might have a more natural, pale color to begin with would just even more pale even more pale yeah like you and i have kind of like olive skin tone mm -hmm. but like during the winter we get quite pale yet i still don't have like quite the same skin color as like someone else who's like more yeah, like, fair you know there's only so pale i could get and yeah. someone who has naturally dark skin even if they avoid the sun forever they're still never they're gonna, gonna be have white, white skin, skin. <laughs> yeah but i just i don't know i feel like that would be because i know that historically or stereotypically vampires are pale so i think that's why she included mm -hmm. it like oh vampires are pale that's just like the thing like ghosts are see-through like that's a thing but this yeah. explanation is just weird to me i also don't know much about like what goes into skin color i mean i know that darker people have more melanin in their yeah. skin but that's in your skin okay i'm not a scientist but that's pigmentation in your skin that has nothing to do with the blood that you have i know because i feel like she's saying like well they have no blood so they are paler but does blood yeah it doesn't make sense Blood's not all that makes up your skin color i know like if i was like completely drained of it's like nothing to do with it yeah i mean it somewhat does like if you were like really lightheaded because you were like had low blood mm -hmm. sugar or something like i think you would be paler but wouldn't be ghost pale if you weren't already pale. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's... <sighs> I wish it was different. I'm happy. What do we do? I'm relieved that the movie producers... <laughs> didn't do that. Didn't do that. I mean, still most of the cast of vampires are white. Yeah. But I'm happy that they released They it. probably would have been more diverse if this wasn't in the book though i know you know 
Yeah, like they would have like had more opportunities to make some of the Collins people of color. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess the I was gonna say in Breaking Dawn, I guess there's a few, but like it still could have been way more diverse. Or like the Volturi. Yeah. I think everyone in the Volturi is wicked white. Right? I just think like nowadays, like it's common sense. Like you can't create universe when in which every character is white without mm-hmm. that being like having racist undertones. Yeah. Like that just not acceptable but i can give her the benefit of the doubt because like you said vampires are stereotypically pale yeah but why is like that the thing she chose you know because there's like <laughs> she did away with other stereotypes i know it's true mm. well you know this is the way it is and we can't change it now but like hopefully new things coming out mm-hmm. you know they can be different like we can learn and new stories i also underlined when she talked about eye colors oh yeah it is impossible to disguise this feature with colored contact lenses but the lubricant in vampire eyes breaks the contact down quickly one pair will only last a few hours Mm-hmm. i don't get why they don't wear contacts more i don't know yeah you think they would they also universally universally exhibit dark circles under their eyes I have dark circles in my Interesting how she said vampires breathe reflexively, as do humans, but they have no need for oxygen. But they prefer to breathe because it helps them smell. Mm. So they are uncomfortable if they don't breathe. That is interesting. Mm. Talked about petrification, which is in the books. You know, mm. the Romanians, they don't move. That Dust collects. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Mm. I think it's cool because it's, it's creepy. Eventually, a vampire skin begins to appear thin and translucent like Like the skin skin of of an onion onion. (laughs) milky film covers the eyes making the irises appear pink in color Mm -hmm. okay the next section is called fluids fluids. (laughs) oh my god stephanie she went there okay but she didn't but she didn't don't you feel like this is the purpose of that i feel like the purpose of this is about edward's Semen. Semen. Yes. But she didn't want to say it outright. I said, don't be shy, Stephanie. She says, throughout the body, this... Okay, so first, she talks about the fluids <laughs> and some more safe aspects of the body. So she says, only a saliva-like liquid is in the vampire's... In the vampire's mouth is venomous. A fluid similar to this venom works as a lubricant between... Oh the hard cells of the skin making movement possible. Another lubricant... Another lubricates the vampire's eyes so they can move easily in their sockets. However, vampires do not produce tears, as tears exist to protect the eye from damage by small foreign objects, and those objects would not be able to harm the vampire's eye. Throughout the body, this pattern is repeated with venom-like fluids performing the functions that are still necessary to the vampire. Most notably absent in the cir- is the circulatory system. So it's like, yeah, why does she just say throughout the body? <laughs> What do you mean throughout their body? body. What (laughs) other fluids are there, Stephanie? (laughs) And I'm pretty sure they don't go to the bathroom, right? Yeah. So, although she does not address that. No. But that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Physical change. She says their fingernails and hair do not grow. Mm -hmm. And their hair does not change color. Uh, Hair episode to listen to the contradictions in the movie about that. And yeah. people, 
The hair and makeup team should have had this underlined. Wasn't Dan saying like, oh, their hair grows or something? Right? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, it'd be more believable if their hair grew. Or at least if they could dye it. Okay, but I'm wondering, what if, what if someone did cut a vampire's hair? Would it grow back? Yeah, wait. Maybe. Is, can you not cut their hair? She does say at one point, we'll get to it, but like that they can heal really quickly. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be part of healing, like your hair just goes back to the way it was. Yeah, that I might be. But she says that like it has limitations, like if someone's arm got ripped off or something, it couldn't like grow a new limb. Yeah. <laughs> Well, is that if a vampire's arm got... Because yeah. I thought it was like if a human is missing a limb, when they turn into a vampire, the oh. limb won't grow back. But if you're... Because okay, she does yeah. say that their bodies can like come back together. I guess I guess if you put the arm back on the <laughs> socket, then what happens? It says only another supernatural <laughs> creature has the ability to inc inc incapacitate a vampire by tearing her limbs from, from her body. Thus, vampires are in no danger from human beings. A vampire who is incapacitated but left unburned has the ability to reconstituate herself. Constituate herself. Mm. That's scary. Where is the leg part? Or limb part? Um, I don't know, but that does make me wonder. Like, if someone didn't have a leg or something and became a vampire, would they just be a one-legged yeah, vampire? Yeah, it says on page 74, Venom does have limits, though. It could not, for example, regrow a lost limb. Mm. Are there any vampires with missing limbs? Yeah, that'd and be why haven't we met them? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's I guess another so. thing in the book, is every single like vampire character, I think, for the most part that's listed, is someone that we have seen in the books through like our character's perspective, but I want to know if there's other vampires in the world that the Collins just have no knowledge of. Oh, I think there definitely are. Yeah. We just don't know who they are. Hmm. So much potential. Oh, this is interesting. One facet of the absence of aging is that vampires do not develop emotionally or mentally past the age at which they are transformed. Mm. So it's interesting. I mean, I think we already knew this, but here it is written plain and simple, like that Edward is mentally stuck as a vamp as a teenager. And I don't know, in a way he doesn't really seem that way because he is so like gentlemanly and seems really wise and stuff. But supposedly he is stuck as a teenager. So But one contradiction to mm -hmm. that is skipping ahead a bit on Carlisle's biography, it says that he considers Renesmee his granddaughter. And I'm here reading this like, okay, but if you're stuck mentally at 23, you consider yourself a grandfather? I guess so. Like, I just feel like if you really were mentally of that age, you would not think of yourself as being in that relationship as that type of figure. Yeah, I don't get it. And then Edward is going to, like, think of himself as, like, the father to a teenager when he himself is a teenager. It's confusing, you know? Yeah. It's Twilight. That's, it's, <laughs> it's very nuanced. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, if you have that, those years and years of experience and knowledge, you really aren't 
mentally feeling 17. Yeah. Because a part of being 17 is being so unaware of That would the be world. funny if he's like, okay, yeah, I've been alive for over 100 years, but I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Like, I'm young and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still in high school. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, I need to find myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Because uh, I feel like experience is what makes you grow up. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And as humans, we only have like 80 or so years to have these experiences, so it moves you along in life. And Like what mentally is keeping Edward as at 17? Like what, how was he seven, exhibiting being 17 mentally? I don't know. Yeah, does he have like really raging hormones or something? I know. No. Is he it's... super angsty? I mean, he kind of is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really? I don't know. What if he just like impulsively broke? Well, I was gonna say impulsively broke up with Bella, but he does impulsively <laughs> break up with her. What if he like I don't know? Just like, still, I don't her. know what I want yet. Yeah. I'm just, uh, just seventeen. <laughs> she's like playing video games and doesn't answer her. Yeah. <laughs> Call, I guess I don't think they texted. Call for hours and I don't know. He's on TikTok later on doing the dances. Edward wouldn't do that. It's just like, yeah, why don't you just acting like a 17 year old through the years? Uh, but that's like, that's what makes him appealing is that he's not like other 17 year old boys. So. But I just, I, I feel like she can't say that they're like maturity wise stuck at that age. But, I guess but what about, like, the children thing? Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just tricky because teenagers, young adults, it's, like, it's not too different from adults. Yeah. He really just doesn't seem like a teenager, though, mm-hmm. the way he acts. But I can see, like, I can understand someone, if you're stuck as a child, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. The how baby. that would work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm, she talks about singers, mm. you know, humans whose blood smells particularly delicious to some vampires. And then there's, like, vampire history. I don't know. Should we get into that or wait? Mm, for... I think a lot of that we can wait. It's a lot about the Volturi. Yeah. And then it goes into the southern wars of North America. That we can wait for a later <laughs> episode. When Only two about... pages about vampire history. I guess that's all Stephanie knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really don't think... The that... rest, unknown. Yeah, I really think <laughs> that this was just, like, yeah, like, bonus material, but it wasn't something that, like, she had to brainstorm about too much. Mm-hmm. So we just get into the Collins? I guess so. There's more about, like, vampire law mm-hmm. and myths, but I think... I think we're going to do a... Volturi episode. Wait, there's one more thing I wanted to say, though, that I thought was odd. It was a part about vampire hybrids. Mm. You know, half vampire, half human. And talking about, basically, their reproductive system. And was saying, male vampires do have the capacity to pass on genetic material with a human-female partner. However, it is beyond the ability of most vampires to be so close to a human physically and still Mm. resist the lure of her blood. Blah, blah, blah. And then it says, female vampires still carry ova, similar to human ova. What? But the unchanging state of their bodies result in a total absence of the reproductive cycle, even if the female vampire could somehow... What does she she mean by this? Could somehow continue the cycle, her frozen body would be unable to grow and change to accommodate a growing and changing fetus. Mm. I wonder if Carlisle could... I wonder if Carlisle 
could create an artificial womb and mix up as as I'm sorry, well, I guess Esme and his whatever fluid he has, or uh, he could mix it up for Rosalie and oh Emma, and then they grow the, the I don't know baby in the artificial womb. He could definitely come up with one of those. Does that even exist yet? No, but it's it's something that might exist in the future. Yeah, so maybe. I feel like Carlisle could be whoever's. Do they know that they carry eggs? Is that what she means by ova? Well, Carlisle can definitely do an ultrasound. Can oh no, I don't think he, you, you can't. You can't permeate the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll figure it out. Yeah, he could make a strong enough ultrasound, couldn't he? Yeah. I could see I could see Carlisle being like I don't know. No, I'm sure he would do it. Yeah, no, I know what you're gonna say. I was gonna say like, against it. Yeah, be like, no, like, well, let's not like, mess with I'm God. God. Yeah, but he I kind of, I kind of think Carlisle. I think he has morals, but I also think he would do anything for his family. So mm-hmm. I actually don't know if he would care about that. But yeah. I, I just don't think that would be in a Twilight book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be extreme. But maybe it's possible. <laughs> I mean, why else would Stephanie tell us this? Yeah, exactly. No, that's so true. Too bad Rosalie doesn't know that she has those. Like, there's something she could do. Ova. Like, why would she have them if it's, like, not possible? I don't know. They're just like frozen. Or maybe they could have a human surrogate. Yeah. Wait, that's like really bad though. True. (laughs) (laughs) We would do it. (laughs) Because, yeah, they would almost die. Well, actually, now that they've done it once, maybe they could do it better the second time. Yeah. Like, I feel like. Better. (laughs) But also, if you're gonna mix up. Emmett's and Rosalie's, that's not even a hybrid at that point. That would yeah. be a, like, full-on vampire. How would that work? Would it work? Would it just be a newborn stock? Oh. Or would it grow up into a vampire? Wait, yeah, that's uh, so true. Cause so annoying. If they naturally conceived, would it just be stuck? Yeah. Mm. I guess they'd have to get a sperm donor for Rosalie then. Can't be with Dang. Emmett. But then it would be a hybrid, and then yeah, who would volunteer? Do you think, do you think that Renesmee could carry it? That's too weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird, but she probably could handle it. Maybe. <laughs> who would be a sperm donor? Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob and Rosalie have a baby together. In the next no. book, in in Renesmee is the third. No. I think we just wrote no. the next one. No. <laughs> That's too crazy. No, but Renesmee could carry the child. That's She's so strong weird. enough. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could Rosalie have this kid with? Oh, good question. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the wolves. She doesn't really know Mike anybody. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What if he did, and like then her and Mike like fell in love? What about Emmett? I think Emmett would be like, okay. <laughs> I feel like he would punch something and then move on with his life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he would stay in the cones, or would he just run away? I think he would stay. I think he'd be like. Would Rosalie let him stay? I I, th- I think Rosalie wouldn't care. I think him and Rosalie would end things amicably and be like, mm. no big deal. And like maybe we see like. 
I met. I could see her being weirdly petty, even though it was her decision. To have a baby with Mike? Yeah. Being like, why is Emmett still a problem? Yeah. You're my yeah. ex. Go away. I guess I can't believe this reality that Rosalie <laughs> genuinely falls in love with Mike. No, I don't yeah. think she would. No. I don't, no, she thinks she's Charlie? too good for Charlie. <laughs> no. He's a fan with Charlie and it's Bella's step-sister. No. <laughs> Rosalie, I think, I don't know. I feel like she thinks she's too good for mm-hmm. all those humans. Yeah. I don't know this is a fact, but this is just what I feel. But to have a baby, she would do it. Mm, that's true. She probably would with anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, the Cullen Coven. It's interesting she said, um, abstaining from human prey takes the competitive aspect out of the hunt. Oh, yeah. And as a result, they're able to form stronger family bonds than traditional vampires, which I never really realized before. Is that why... Vampires don't really hunt in packs that much because the frenzy begins and then they start to fight with each other. Probably. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That, that was pretty cool. But that doesn't really happen when it's fam- uh, with animals. Deep. She goes on to say that each time the Collins move, the relationships they claim to share with one another may shift too. Mm. In one place, two members might pose as father and adopted son, and another brothers or uncle and nephew. I thought that was cool. It's yeah. interesting. But also so weird. Like, what are they to each other? I know, like, yeah. In Forks, is that the way they... I think it is. I think they say it later that that's the way they really feel about each other. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's weird. Can't really picture it. No. It's weird to say um, each fam- each member of the coven maintains several well-intended identities, complete with the documents to support oh, I know. them. Which is funny because also like in Forks, they're going by their real identities. Yeah. So I want to know what their fake ones are. Why didn't she tell us? I know. What the hell? I want to know. Like, what are their fake names? It's also interesting that they own several residences so that they can return to places they have especially enjoyed. So it yeah. seems like they don't sell their homes after they mm. live there. Interesting. Whoa. They stay in one location for six or seven years. There's a little picture of <laughs> their house. Mm-hmm. Where it is. Wait, I wanted to look this up. Like, what does it say? Soul Duke River or something? Yeah. I wanted to see if that's real. Wait, I'm just going to look it up really quickly. All right. Say something now. Yeah, so we have this little picture here, and it's Highway 101. And then off of the highway, there's like this long, windy road that leads to the main house. And it looks like they have like a wicked long driveway. And then that goes to like their garage, which is pretty far away from the rest of the house. It's kind of a long walk if you're a human from the garage to the house. And then there's this river. It is real. It is. Mm. A real river. And then over the river and through the woods, you get to the cottage that Bella and Edward live in. Wow. You could, like, find their house. I know. <laughs> I wonder if she went on Google Maps or something. I know. Or went to Forks, I don't know, and just found a random location. They really like, are. Okay, like, this is where they live. In the middle of the woods. Here. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. So then we get to Carlisle, and there's this... Carlo. How he's pictured. He looks like such a hunk. He he does. Really sexy movie star. His hair is all tousled. 
really prominent Damned. cheekbone. Yeah, he looks very mysterious. So, Carlisle Cullen, interesting. Right off the bat, no middle name. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it says his date of birth, circa 1640. Like, why is that as specific as it gets? I know. Yeah, like, okay, because I know that Carlisle probably doesn't know his exact birthday. But, like... People knew their birthdays in the 1600s. Yeah, but, like, it's, like... Especially in London. Very inconsistent about the information that's known and not known, because Stephanie does include information in the guide that the characters don't know. Like, <laughs> for instance, a lot of, like, Alice's backstory, she doesn't really know all of that. Yeah. But Stephanie does, so she includes it. But, like, sometimes here <laughs> Stephanie says unknown or just circa 1640, yeah. and it's like, why are you not being more specific? I know. And... Yeah, why does she say 1663 at approximately age 23? Yeah. Like, not sure. Like, you could make it up, Stephanie, and just be like, this is it, but Carlisle doesn't know <laughs> she it's She couldn't this. be bothered to pick a birthday. Yeah. So, actually, this is kind of a problem because you told me one ep idea for an episode was to do the Zodiac, mm, like astrology. We can't do it for Carlisle. And a lot of characters, I would say actually most of the columns mm. don't have birthdays. Yeah. Like, well, I wanted to do astrology slash Myers-Briggs because Myers-Briggs is my obsession, but um, Myers-Briggs personality types, I mean. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think we could do, like, Edward, Bella, Renesme, Jacob, like, mm -hmm. probably some other people, but a lot of them don't have yeah, that's so true. legit birthdays. Yeah, like, even Emmett doesn't. Like, we can't do it for them. Yeah. We could ask people what zodiac sign they think they are. I know nothing about Zodiac, so I'm just going to go... I could definitely do Myers-Briggs for them all, but... Yeah. I don't... How can you even guess, though? I know. Um, I think it's crazy, though, that I... Okay, I know this is so nerdy, but I took this History of London class in college when I studied abroad in London. Mm -hmm. Hello to English people. And I just got so fascinated with, like, the 1660s in London. I'm guessing Stephanie liked that time, too, or something, because mm -hmm. he was turned at 1663 and a lot of his like first years are 1660s in London and it's just crazy because in 1660 this is when um England like lost this war with Netherlands or something mm -hmm. and 1664 I don't know why I memorized this but I wrote it down <laughs> 1664 the monarchy was restored um like they had gotten rid of it but it came back like having king whatever 1665 was the plague and then 1666 was the great fire of london and it's just really cool to think of carlisle there during like probably the plague and the fire and everything mm. it's just cool that was his life that is cool it's sad because a lot of like really old london like shakespeare's london or whatever burned down, burned down. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about that when we were mm -hmm. in london yeah I just love it. But anyway, he's blonde. He had blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And he's 6'2". Ooh, he's tall. Which, okay, I gotta <laughs> say, I think pretty much all the Cullens are, like, at least six feet tall, the men. I'm okay. Like, all right, that's a little I know that 1600s, it's not, like, that far back, but people, were people that tall back then? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure people were short. Yeah, like, people he's are... He's 6'2", like, like people what? People are getting taller with, like, evolution. Do vampires get taller or something? Why are all the Colin men above? So tall. I'm pretty sure they're all at least like 6'2". Pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure people born like <laughs> centuries ago where the average height was much, much shorter. Yeah. 
and I mean Twilight likes to be like I mean I kind of like this about it it's very aspirational like all the men are hot and yeah. it's like it's an like escape everything in <laughs> excess yeah yeah but come on why are they all six two yeah. and up <laughs> yeah like most men are not that tall I know it's actually really rare <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're all so tall oh it's crazy I know he doesn't need to be six two <laughs> so his physical description Carla has a well-toned medium frame collar length hair and movie star good looks he has a slight English accent from his youth, although he can speak with a flawless American accent. And he does not possess a quantifiable supernatural ability. He acts, they act like he does. I know. It is compassion. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, though, that it says he doesn't, because that's a freaking lame I know. talent. Compassion? I'm yeah. so glad it says he doesn't have one. He's attended many universities, both as a student and as a professor. He has it's studied cool. a variety of subjects, ranging from science to music, and typically works as a doctor. Professor Khan! I wonder if he ever works as a musician. Maybe. <laughs> oh my god, with a beanie. I'm going to take a shop. leave from the medical field, and I'm going to do an open mic night. Hot. I wonder if anyone's written fan fiction about Professor Khan. I know. Yeah. Hobbies. He collects art and books. Oh. Vehicle. Black Mercedes S55 AMG. <laughs> so random. Yeah. Stephanie loves cars. I know. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of, Stephanie, someone good hey. friends with Stephanie's son came across our TikTok about our podcast and like showed it to him. And wow. I commented, is her son's music taste as cool as Stephanie's? No way. And then she responded like, yes, he's obsessed with music. No way. Yeah, his like, whole life is music. That's so, so cool. Stephanie's son knows we exist. <gasps> and also probably knows that we think his mom has a cool taste in music. <laughs> wow. I can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Well, back to Carlisle. Apparently... His father was his only family. His mother died giving birth to him, and he had no siblings. Mm -hmm. Sad. And this is in the book that his father was an Anglican pastor and was a crusader against evil, even hunts for, like, witches, werewolves, vampires. And he didn't like that his dad was making people, like, burn at the stake. Yeah, but then innocent people. he went off, and he found an actual coven of vampires. And I was thinking... What are the odds? I know. <laughs> Your dad's like obsessed with that. And then you actually are the one who I you know. couldn't care less about it. And then you're Ew. the one who finds the real vampires. <sighs> Man. Yeah. And so one of them turns him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think this is explained in New Moon basically, but he resists his thirst and literally never drinks a human mm -hmm. and is like starving to death. Well, I don't think they can actually die from that, but he's starving and so weak, and a deer passes by, and Carlisle attacked it without mm. thinking, and drank from it, and then he could feel his strength returning, and he decided to feed on animals. Mm. I thought this was a little sad. It said, like, knowing that his father would hate him no matter how he lived his new life, Carlisle never returned home. Yeah. He watched his father a few times from a distance, but never made contact. That is sad. Oh, I picture him, like, looking in the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sad. Stephanie talks about Carlisle's time with the Volturi, mm -hmm. and um, she says, 
They were fine and cultured and Carlyle admired their civility, but Aro Caius and Marcus never stopped trying to change Carlyle's aversion to what they called his natural food source, and Carlyle never stopped trying to persuade them of the value of his pro-human philosophy. Over time, a legend formed among the humans in Italy of a Strigoni Benefici, or a good vampire who was the avowed enemy of evil vampires, so Carlyle was always on friendly terms with the Volturi, which I think that's interesting. That is interesting. Rumors spread. Mm -hmm. Then about after two decades in Italy, Carlyle decided to travel to the New World. Fitz! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Mm, he was getting lonely, wanted to find other vampires who believed in basically the same philosophy mm -hmm. as him. But he didn't meet anybody in America. Sad. He's just roaming around. Mm -hmm. Doesn't relate to anybody. Because they're all crazy human drinkers. Yeah, so he has to make his own coven. Uh -huh. So he, of course, you guys know the story. He's a doctor <laughs> in uh, Chicago area during the Spanish flu and... There's the Mason family. The dad dies. Mm -hmm. The mom is sick. The son is sick. The mom's like on her deathbed. Yep. The mom begs Carl, save my son, do anything you can. And she has an intuition that Carl is something more than he is. Mm -hmm. So Carl takes the son, takes him to his house, and he turns him into a vampire. And the son is Edward. <laughs> <laughs> and the son is Edward Cullen. <laughs> and because... Edward becomes his son. Mm-hmm. And they begin traveling mm -hmm. together. But their cover story is that Edward was the younger brother of Carlisle's late wife, which is so specific. I, I know. I say your brothers. Yeah, the younger brother of... He could... I guess you can simplify that by saying... He's, he's my, my brother-in-law. Brother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> younger my, brother of Carlisle's late but like, wife. Why would someone take their, like, brother-in-law on the road with them? Like, <laughs> you just say we're brothers. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they really don't look alike. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but apparently they look alike enough to be father and son? Question mark? Oh, it's adopted. adopted. Yeah. True. I guess they really don't look alike. <laughs> I don't get it. In 1921, they moved to Ashland, Wisconsin. Mm. Man, but cool. They spend a lot of time in the Midwest. They do. Never spend time in New England. New England, yeah. What's, what's up with, with that? that Stephanie? <laughs> she hates New England. She was born in New England, Connecticut. <sighs> Maybe she hates it. I know. Carla was surprised to recognize Esme Evanson, whom he had treated for a broken leg about 10 years earlier when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. She, like, an attempted suicide. And then he turned her. Yeah. He attempted... She attempted suicide as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fell in love and were married. Mm. Then it kind of just goes through this history of everyone else joining yeah. the coven. And talks about the, uh, the treaty that they make. Mm -hmm. Um, with the Kool-Aids. Cool, I, I, Kool-Aid. Yeah, I struggled to say it. <laughs> Native American tribe. There's really, like, nothing werewolves. new for the rest of the story. And Denali finally finds what he's been looking for. Another set of vampires who shared his philosophy and drank only animal blood. The two covens ended up close friends, viewing each other as extended family. Cool. But, yeah, that's... 
basically it ends saying he took a job at Forks Hospital and became well regarded in the community as a doctor and a citizen. <laughs> and a citizen. Famous quotes. Famous quotes. I look at my son, his strength, his goodness, the brightness that shines out of him. How could there not be more for one such as Edward? I've never been to veterinarian school. <laughs> Eclipse chapter 25. When does he say that? <laughs> Is that about Jacob? It's supposed to be funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he says in passing. No. <laughs> I can imagine Jacob. what you think of me for that, but I can't ignore her will. It wouldn't be right to make such a choice for her, to force her. Mm, breaking down. down. Must be Rabella. She hasn't gone for his throat even once, breaking down. I don't remember any of these. Yeah, that's well, actually, a, why I mean, is that a famous quote? I remember that I look at my son one. It's an interesting twist. Like, she's doing the exact opposite of what you can. What? They definitely also, like, own, like some people, they include a ton of quotes, and it's just so they can, like, fill the page. But if there's, like, not enough page, sorry, you don't get many quotes. <laughs> Mel. So cynical. No, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next is Edward. And we get his middle name. And his previous last name. Yeah. Edward Anthony Mason Cullen. Wow. Date of birth, June 20th, 1901. So he is a Gemini, as am I. Oh, wow. Date of transformation, 1918, at age 17. 1918. Um, the Red Sox won World Series, I think. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, place of origin, hair color bronze, I color green, used to be, now golden black. We know this, yeah. we know this. He is also 6'2". Tall. It's freaking tall. I know. Two 6'2 men traveling the world together, that would stand out. <laughs> they could They're not even the tallest. I know. Cons. It's crazy. Um, Edward is thin and lanky but muscular. He has untidy bronze hair and boyish looks. Special abilities, he can read the thoughts of anyone in close proximity to him with the exception of Bella Cullen. And then he has two medical degrees, but has never worked as a doctor. <laughs> His other graduate degrees are in literature, mathematics, law, mechanical engineering, several languages, oh. art, history, and international business. Edward owns his family's house in Chicago, and about every 50 years or so, he inherits his family fortune from himself. That is really interesting to me that he still owns his family's house in Chicago. That is cool. I think... That would have been cool if we got to see him and Bella go to yeah, Chicago. They should go live there. Yeah. It's probably a really nice house. And we could have saw, like, where he grew up. And, like, yeah. I wonder how the house is decorated. I if know. it's his family's house. Like, it might still have stuff in there from when he was a boy, yeah, right? Yeah, it must be so vintage. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would have been sick if what we the see the them What are you guys there. doing? Go over there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do. When he, we That's can probably imagine. where he got the ring and stuff. Yeah. He probably has everything from when he was young. He just never mentions it. I know. <laughs> um, hobbies. He loves music. He plays a variety of instruments. Sings. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. And has an extensive vinyl and CD collection. He also enjoys collecting cars. I want to see him sing. I know. Me too. That's so cute. He also is looking like a freaking model in his little Picture. drawing. I know. <laughs> His jacket is interestingly zipped only in the middle. Yeah, wait, that is interesting. It's like open on the bottom. And his shirt is showing a little bit of cleavage. <laughs> his pecs, you can see the line between yeah. his pecs. His neck looks very, like, I don't know, 
very profound. Pronounced? Pronounced, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Profound. And he's got a very intense gaze. (laughs) Vehicles are a silver Volvo S6R and a silver Ashton Martin V12 Vanquish. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know his relationships. We know, we know. So personal history. He was an only child. Mm -hmm. Born to Edward and Elizabeth Mason. Why doesn't he go by the second? Well, I guess now he's Colin. Yeah. Or maybe middle name's different. I don't know. Born to Edward and Elizabeth. He was their only child. Another only child. His father was a successful lawyer. Provided Edward with many advantages, including including music lessons and the opportunity to attend private school. He's a prep boy. Yeah. Prep boy. However, I didn't really know that. I know. Although his father provided for Edward in material ways, he was emotionally distant and often away from home on business. This absence was made up for by Edward's close relationship with his mother. He was the center of her life. The mama's boy, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. A little spoiled brat. Preppy mommy's boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be a soldier? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is weird to me. Yeah. Edward excelled at his studies and became an accomplished pianist. As he grew older, Edward became enamored of the life of a soldier. <laughs> World War One raged Life was too easy for him. Yeah, most of his adolescence, Edward dreamed of the day he could join the battle. I don't know if I believe that. He it does, doesn't seem like him. Yeah, he seems like a pacifist. I know. He really does. And he's so into like his music and collections and yeah. books and stuff. I just can't picture it. I don't, he does not seem like war-driven. Like, yeah, we do see him fight and he does like go off and like kill people mm. in his youth. I wonder what changed. Yeah. I just think maybe his whole experience later killing murderers and rapists and stuff mm-hmm. maybe made him realize like violence isn't the answer or yeah. something. But that's never really, I mean, we can infer that, but it's never made clear. Because it just doesn't seem like him. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't line up. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. So, nine months before his 18th birthday, he almost died of the Spanish influenza, but as we know, Dr. Colin saved him, and mm-hmm. his mother sadly died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why That'd be sweet if he also saved the mom, both of them. Why didn't he? And then Carla fell in love with Elizabeth <laughs> Mason. It could have happened. That could have. And then Carla... He didn't want to be stuck with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. He's yeah. way older than me. <laughs> She's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn this on, though. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. You'd yeah. think that Carlisle would first transform a woman to be his mate or whatever, yeah. and then would get a son. It's interesting that he chose to turn a teenage boy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i sure turning two people at once is too overwhelming, too. True, you're right. You'd have to... You're right, you're right. I know you're right. <laughs> Edward formed a deep bond with Carlisle, who became a father to him, gaining Edward's trust and love the way his natural father never had. Wow. So he also had some daddy issues before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I forgot this. That, so you, we know that um, Edward starts to rebel in his youth, and he goes away from uh, Carlisle and Esme. I didn't yeah. notice his first victim was Charles Evanson, Esme's abusive ex-husband. I know. I forgot that. That's so cool. I didn't know that either. Wow. So many abusive mm. ex-husbands. 
That's good for you, Edward. So Edward knew from hearing their thoughts that Carla and Esme were sometimes concerned that he had no romantic love in his life. That's Aww. so awkward. <laughs> I don't want to know when people are thinking that I about know. me. <laughs> Edward, he's so alone. <laughs> Remember years ago, people would always go, Forever alone. Yo, like yeah. on Tumblr. Forever alone. alone. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah, are they still forever alone? <laughs> All those people. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rosalie is brought into the family, but they don't like each other. <laughs> Edward and Rosalie mm. always treat each other as brother and sister, and we're not always on the best of terms. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Carlisle, as you guys know, or if you forgot, but you probably know, Carlisle intended on them to be together, mm -hmm. but Edward was not attracted to her somewhat shallow and self-absorbed mind. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Rosalie, like, would have gone for it if he went for it. Yeah, I wonder you know? that, too. Hmm. I don't know. She's definitely still pissed Under, that yeah. he's not into her, but I don't know what she even thinks of him. I mean, now she thinks of him as a brother, but yeah, what did you weird back then. And that's pretty much it. No one had ever caught his attention until Bella arrived. It says in two thousand three. Yeah, but really, two thousand five. But apparently, it was two thousand three. Well, it says that the Cullen family returned. Oh, 2003. yeah, yeah. So they must have been there for two years. But the way it's written is kind of misleading. Mm -hmm. True. Interesting. On the contrary, I find you very difficult to read Twilight Chapter Two. No blood, no foul. I don't know why. I never really liked that quote much. Mm. What if I'm not a hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You're not. Duh. Honestly, I've seen corpses with better color. I was concerned that I might have to avenge your murder. I oh. decided that as long as I'm going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. Your number was up the first time. Oh we my met god, you. there's like three more pages. <laughs> We're gonna read. No, we don't want to read them all. I feel like that's like copyright infringement <laughs> to just like read a book word for it. We've read quotes on the show before. No, but like pages and pages. Oh. Nobody listens to this to check for <laughs> copyright infringement. I'm her father, not her creator, her biological father. <laughs> the way you regard me is ludicrous. Would you please stop trying to take your clothes off? Ugh. <laughs> Oh, cringe. No, I like that part. Okay, next. Esme Ann Platt Evanson Cullen. Date of birth, 1895. No birthday. Wow. Yep, no month, no day. She was transformed. Why, though? Like, why is there no I know. birthday? Like, didn't Stephanie Carla... just could not be bothered. And Carla treated her, I'm sure, on her records it said a birthday. Stephanie just could not be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These people know. Just pick a day. Their it birth. I know. <laughs> I don't get it. Is it like because if, as they've been vampires for so long, they just don't care anymore? But no, we know Edward's birthday. Yeah. It's really like for some reason Stephanie thought we didn't care to know. I know. But actually, I do want to know. Yeah. We'll never know. Uh, I think it's interesting. She was transformed at twenty-six. Mm. She's older than Carla. She's the oldest. Technically. Cool. What the hell? That's how old I am. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I'm the mom. I'm older than Carlisle. I don't. Like, <laughs> I'm not ready to be the mom <laughs> of this coven. You're the mom. <laughs> you're the grandmother. <laughs> She's from Columbus, Ohio. Apparently she has a heart-shaped face. Her body is small and slender, but curvy. 
Ooh. Perfect woman. Slim thick. <laughs> she does not possess a quantifiable supernatural ability. She has degrees in architecture and art and also has studied photography. She sounds like kind of artsy. Why isn't that played up more? I know. Um, she loves to restore old houses. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Vehicle none. <laughs> I circled that. Interesting. She has no car. She borrows none. one of her family members' cars whenever she needs a vehicle. She has no need That's weird. To be a, it is kind of weird. But at the same time, why do they need a million cars they at don't. this house? They don't. And she, like, kudos to Esme for recognizing, like, okay, there's, like, more than enough cars. <laughs> yeah, there's so many cars I, I'm here. I'm not going to, like, yeah. be a car owner and, like, just... Yeah, I mean Edward has two. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the other any of the others have more than one, but yeah. Mm. Before her transformation, she was married to Charles Evanson and had a son who died shortly after birth. Do we know the son's name? I don't think so. Yeah, you could tell us that stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he was named. <laughs> no name. Mm. So her personal history. Esme Ann Platt grew up on a farm. Oh, yeah, we can't just read this. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Columbus, Ohio. I guess she had a happy life. Although, in her teen years, she found it hard to conform to behavior mm-hmm. of a respectable young lady. So when she was um, young, teenager, she fell while climbing a tree and she broke her leg. And she was treated by a doctor at the hospital who she found very genuinely thoughtful. And she was truly interested in what... He, he was really interested in what she had to say, and she just could not get this guy out of her head. And this guy was Carlisle, <laughs> who ended up turning her into a vampire years later. And yep. like, she never found a man, like, in her human years who was as great as Carlisle. Mm-hmm. But instead, she married this guy, Evanson. What's his name? Charles. Charles Evanson. And he sucked. Like, he was really abusive and, like, mm-hmm. not the same person behind closed doors. Yeah. I think it's interesting, before she marries him, Stephanie wrote, Esme's friends began to marry, and before long she was mm. the only one still unwed. Esme wanted to fall in love herself, but she never found anyone who measured up to her memory of Carlisle. Mm. Seems a little, like, dramatic to me. Yeah, like, I feel like no one would be, like, still thinking about the doctor mm-hmm. who treated them as a teenager. But maybe because he is a vampire, he was just so stunning yeah. that... She was like, holy crap, that's the ideal man. And then, (laughs) I don't know, never met anyone else. But it's maybe a little hard to believe. Hard to believe. So her father pressured her to marry. But, oh, also, didn't she want to be a teacher or something? Me? Oh, yeah. Yep, she ran away. She tried to... And went to stay with the cousin in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. When her husband discovered her whereabouts, she fled to Ashland, Wisconsin, where she posed as a war widow. In order to support herself, Esme pursued her old dream of being a school teacher. Mm. I think it's interesting. This is when she's pregnant. That she had dreams of working, and her father was like, that's not respectable for a young Mm -hmm. lady. But then when she is a vampire, she doesn't hold an occupation. (laughs) Like, I know she restores all the houses, but, like, Carlisle's the only one who works in the family. (laughs) Why doesn't yeah, she Yeah, later work? she's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she has worked before. Why doesn't just this time around? I know. And the occupation. I don't know, but then the baby dies after he's born mm-hmm. with lung fever and feelings as if she had lost everything. Esme walked to a cliff outside of town and jumped. Crazy. That made me think, like, actually, is this on purpose? Esme's kind of, like, a lot like Bella. 
That's like, true. Just her physical characteristics. She has brown eyes and brown hair. And I think she's like close in height to Bella. And the cliff diving. She jumps off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. And she has a heart shaped face and doesn't. Isn't Bella sometimes just yeah, having a so. heart shaped face? Yeah. And they both seem like pretty independent, but then once they fall in love, they're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and um, she wanted to be a teacher, and Bella kind of thought that that was a practical career for yeah, her. Yeah, that's so too. interesting. Whoa. Yeah, so Carlisle rescues her and turns her into a vampire. And she was not upset. Not as upset as he had expected mm. about becoming a vampire. Mm. I'm fine with it. I prefer to referee. I like keeping them honest. <laughs> We'd never allow anything to happen to you, sweetheart. Mm. Interesting. Okay, next is Rosalie Lillian Hale. Yeah, and she looks snaky here in yeah. this picture. She looks really mean. <laughs> Sneaky. She has sneaky bitch. really furry sleeves. And collar. I don't know yeah, if you that's a raven or something. <laughs> yeah. Look at her. Okay, Rosalie Lillian Hale. Date of birth, 1915. Date of transformation, late 1933 at age 18. Mm -hmm. it's, so, it's so random when Stephanie chooses, like, late 1933. I know. Okay. <laughs> it's just, like, it's, like, specific but not. I guess she was wearing a coat. When, yeah. right? So I guess it was December or something yeah. or November. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's from Rochester, New York. Golden blonde hair. She used to have dark blue, almost violet eyes. Of course, she has violet eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. No one has violet eyes. I know. Okay, physical description. Rosalie has strikingly beautiful features. Oh, she's 5'9. Oh, she's 5'9. It's pretty tall. And it's tall. Strikingly beautiful features and a stunning statuesque physique. Her wavy blonde hair falls halfway down her back. She does not have any supernatural talents. She's earned degrees in electrical engineering, business, and astrophysics, and has studied medicine. The last is a favor to Carlisle to help him, to help keep him up to date with the latest advances. What does that mean? Does that mean like he was like, I need to. I need, like, to know what's going on, but I don't feel like going back to school, so can you do it? I guess so. <laughs> She's a woman yeah. in STEM. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> yeah, she's not one for the humanities. No. Um, she enjoys enhancing cars and doing anything mechanical. Her vehicle is a red BMW M3 convertible. And, you know, it lists out her relationships with the Collins, and it says, before her transformation, she grew up with her biological parents and two younger brothers. It's like, why don't we see the brothers' names? <laughs> Not important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does she miss them? Does she care about them? Yeah, we don't know. Doesn't say. I guess her history, she was born to a banker and his wife in Rochester, New York. Mm -hmm. um, Everyone comes from so far kind of wealthy backgrounds. True. Did Carlisle, though? No. I don't know. Pastor, father. Yeah. At 18... Wait, what about uh, oh, Esme? Farm? No. Um, yeah. Maybe not. Well, okay. but her father was, like, very, like, that's not respectable for mm -hmm. a woman. They weren't not wealthy. Mm. 
At 18, Rosalie was considered the most beautiful girl in Rochester and possibly the state of New York. That is extreme. The whole state of New York. <laughs> I know. Sorry, guys. I'm not shitting on it. I promise. What? <laughs> I feel like I'm being, like, too harsh. Oh, mm-hmm. on the book? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe she was, but... There's no way to know. I know. And beauty subjective. <laughs> What are the odds, though, that the most beautiful girl in New York becomes a vampire? Happens to become a vampire, yeah. Crazy. She must be really beautiful. So we know the story of her, like, wanting a baby and stuff because her friend had a baby. And she's engaged to Royce King II, the son of the richest man in Rochester. Mm-hmm. She felt like she was on her way to having absolutely everything she'd ever wanted. But then one night she's walking home and she sees Royce and his friends and they're clearly drunk. And then Royce and his friends brutally assaulted and uh, raped Rosalie, thinking her dead, they abandoned her in the road. And I think this is, like, crazy of me to even write, but, like, why would Royce do that? Like, obviously, he's just a bad person. Like, how did he think it was going to go after that? I know. They're just going to get married? Especially since he's, like, the richest man in Rochester that's so high profile. Mm -hmm. And he does this, like, public assault on her and kills her in the middle of the street i know like i know he's just like a really bad guy and people thinking her dead yeah like he literally thought she was dead like wasn't the wasn't the marriage opportunistic for him as well i think so like i don't know he's just that much of an evil awful person yeah i there's guess just like no so. explaining it I mean, there never is. It's just crazy he did that. I know. He must have at least expected to go to jail or something the next day. Yeah. Like, the next morning was he like, fuck. Like, (laughs) that's really bad. I I did that. Like, in the middle of the street. It's crazy. With a whole group of people there witnessing it. Yeah. I don't really get it. I mean, I... That I think people do do fucked up things like this in real life. Like, it happens, but it's just insane. I'm not saying, like, wrong on Stephanie or something, but, like, it's just crazy. Why would... Especially in the movie, too. He's like, Rose, and he seems, like, happy to see yeah. her. And then just randomly starts, like, attacking her. Like, what the hell is happening? Like, isn't that going to be a huge problem for him <laughs> the next morning when he wakes up and his fiance is brutally murdered in the middle yeah. of the street? Like... That would be so high profile. Crazy. Yeah, it's like he randomly just becomes this monster. Mm -hmm. Unless he's always been this way. Yeah. Oh my god, what if he was like a serial killer or something? I know, probably. I mean, that's just like so evil to do. Mm -hmm. So Carlisle finds Rosalie, turns her because he thinks she'll be a good companion for Edward. Mm -hmm. But they don't really vibe. And Rosalie takes revenge on Royce and his friends. But she doesn't drink their blood. Mm-hmm. She just tortures them to death. Mm-hmm. She respects. Mm-hmm. It says she's repulsed by the idea of having any part of them inside mm. her. So she doesn't drink them. She and Carlisle and later Bella are the only vampires in the Colin clan who have never killed humans for blood. What about Renesmee? Maybe she does. <laughs> Maybe. I guess Alice has? I'm surprised by that. Yeah. I thought that she didn't because she knew she was going to be a vegetarian. But I guess she messed up one time. I think she has. And Esme did too, I guess. So we also know that 
Rosalie sees Emmett getting mauled by a bear and then saves him because something about him reminds her of her son, her friend's son, Henry. And I want to stop and just think about that. Like, what does that mean? What? Like, why does Emmett remind her of the baby? I thought because he looked like the baby. Oh, okay. But like, is that it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's what it said in mm. the book and in clips. I think because he has like dark curly hair, right? Oh, okay. I think that he looks like. Just kind of odd that like someone looks like a baby that she used to love, and like she falls in love with it. <laughs> I know. Maybe it was like I think she thought that that little kid, that baby, was so cute that mm. she wanted a baby looked like that, and then maybe seeing Emmett is like, oh, that's what the father of that baby would look like maybe I don't know. maybe it's like what she pictured as her kid that that could be i don't it's a little bit i don't know rosalie is such a jealous person mm-hmm. it's like why are you even so fixated on your kids i mean your friend's kid yeah exactly i, I mean it's sweet that she has those maternal instincts when she's so self-absorbed mm-hmm. that at least like if she had a child she would have a little bit of selflessness that she definitely needs to like put that love towards something and it's it's nice nice that she's able to put it towards other people's babies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he and rosalie soon married and did so repeatedly over the decades rosalie loved being the center of attention as the bride and emmett loved (laughs) making her happy emmett sometimes lived alone separate from the collins Mm. Cool. Next one, we have Emmett McCarty Cullen. Emmett McCarty. Date of birth, 1915. Date of transformation, 1935 at age 20. He's older. He's old. He's a college student. What's he doing in high school? <laughs> no, get out of there. <laughs> He's from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Interesting. He is hair color dark brown, almost black. Eye color, as a human, he had blue eyes. Height, six foot five. That's crazy tall. Too tall. Who's six five? I mean, people are, but it's just like... So rare. It's rare that so many of them are so tall. Oh and, my gosh. And it has an imposing frame. He's both tall and extremely muscular. His hair is curly and nearly black. He has dimples when he smiles, and his face has an innocent quality not often seen in a grown man. Special abilities, does not have any... He has attended high school and college multiple times. He never finished any particular degree. I like that. <laughs> Preferring to instead move quickly from one subject to uh, others that interest him. Mm-hmm. Hobbies, he loves sports and games, physical challenges. His vehicle is a red Jeep Wrangler modified for off-roading. Mm. Uh. Um, yeah, I guess, so, Emmett grew up in a small town of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, part of a large Scotch-Irish family. He had what his parents considered a wild adolescence. He ran with a wild crowd that drank, gambled, Mm -hmm. and womanized. I wonder if it's hard for Emmett as a vampire to be, you know, not able to drink, not able to do these wild things anymore. I wonder. Can't womanize, obviously. (laughs) He was, like, already whipped the second he <laughs> was turned. True. <laughs> was he ready for that? I, I guess. know. Like, okay. <laughs> He's just so go with the flow. I wonder if, like, who, what his romantic relationships were before he was turned. 
Like, did he just one night stand? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it says he said it was for part of a large family, but they don't even tell us who his family doesn't was. Doesn't say how many siblings. I don't know. Does he think of them ever? No. <laughs> he does though. No, he he uh, used to drop off money. Oh yeah. <laughs> At their doorstep, which I think is cute. That is cute. But kind of Sorry, sad. He said, even though he, he knew he could never again be a part of their family, he wanted to ease the burden of losing a strong, hardworking son. After doing what he could for them, he didn't look back. Mm-hmm. He's so go with the flow. Yeah, like he gives them money. A small... Oh, it's a small fortune from Edward, and then mm -hmm. never looks back. They leave it in a bag on their doorstep. I wonder what they thought, like... <gasps> Is this Emmett? I know. Are you out there, son? Yeah, because I guess he would take care of them. That's why he was out in the woods. Because mm -hmm. he would, like, hunt for them and stuff. Mm. He had trouble controlling his thirst. Mm. Hell yes, new moon. <laughs> That's a quote. Hell yes. <laughs> She's too tame. Breaking down chapter 26. Did ya get in a couple of good swipes? Mm -hmm. What's that from? <laughs> I don't know. Most of these from Breaking Dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For some reason. Mm. All right. I wish we... This is an instance where I wish we got more about Edward. Yeah. I mean, Emmett. I feel like there's not enough here. Like you said, he's a big family. Just tell us who his siblings were. Yeah. Like, and we already... Most of this is about the bear yeah. trip. And when Carlisle turns him... I guess And he thought he was that, going to hell. Most yeah. of that wasn't the deleted chapter mm -hmm. scene, which is in the back of this book i believe so yeah maybe some people wouldn't have known that but i just feel like we know the story of the bear i want to see more of their human lives in here i don't Me need too. to see their creation story same yeah we more of their human lives that. and i would also like to know what they've been up to mm -hmm. as vampires too yeah <sighs> okay next one mary alice brandon come my name is Mary Alice Brandon. I have to say, this is so controversial. What? I'm, I just like, don't even care about Alice right now. Like, <laughs> sorry, he just said, like, we watched those short films and there were three Alice ones. Yeah. And I just feel like Alice is given way more backstory than the rest of them. And, like, that's fine. Alice is cool. But, like, it makes me resent her because I'm like, oh, like, why do we get so much of you and, like, nothing of the other people? Like, I. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry, like, I don't think you're, like, more interesting than the other ones. <laughs> People love Alice. I know, they do. I know. Yeah, I feel like because we've already done the short films, which had so much about... Because mm -hmm. most of this is about her human life, and then her time in the asylum, and when she's turned. And we've already talked about it, so mm -hmm. don't get into it too much. But yeah, I know. There's a lot about Alice. She was born in 1901. 1901, transformed in 1920 at age 19. By an unnamed vampire, so it's like, why can't we name him? <laughs> I know, like, Stephanie, you have all the power to name yeah. this person. <laughs> Just give him a name. <laughs> From Biloxi, or wait, guys, which one's correct? I was listening to a travel podcast recently, and I'm pretty sure the guy was saying, like, Biloxi, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Biloxi, Mississippi. Hair color black. I color dark brown. Height four ten. Short. 
Alice is tiny and graceful. Her hair is very short and spiky because her head was shaved in a mental hospital and her hair was in the process of growing out when she was transformed. Short and spiky. People, people don't get that right. Mm. Mm, as we know, her special ability is that she can see into the future. Mm -hmm. And it's like very explained here. Although what she sees is based on decisions being made, thus she must wait for a decision to be firmly rooted in the mind or acted upon. So it says here she has attended high school and college over time. She has degrees in fashion and design international international business. One of the ways she makes money is by buying her by using her gift for seeing the future to predict windfall windfall investments in the stock market and then it says her hobbies she plays <laughs> the stock market and loves designing and shopping like it's so repetitive yeah can you give us a little more is that all she's into i guess it's all <laughs> she's into what's your favorite music yeah i don't know yeah we're probably being too picky i just really guys we just want more is that greedy no no you just think okay yeah i don't want to be too greedy but i guess you would just think that the book would tell us some things we don't know. And it does tell us some things, but not as much as you would expect mm -hmm. from a pretty thick book. Yeah, it just feels a little juvenile at times, giving us, like, the bare minimum. Part of me wonders, like, did Stephanie even really write this, or did other people read the books and come up with the what they could pull from the book? Is there a reason why you're saying that? No. Oh. Is there? Did you say something or did B say well, something I, I think, about this I book? I think there were editors who like did a lot of work. So maybe, like maybe like Stephanie How just... How do you know that? Uh, there was like, uh, okay, I feel like I can't say this also because I'm like kind of sick. So I'm like can't, I don't know the full knowledge, but I there was like a Zoom call and someone who worked on the book, I think from the lexicon, was saying that like there was a lot of inconsistencies, errors in the books. In the um, books or in the guide? In the guide, I'm sorry. Interesting. But I'm not sure. But it's just, I'm more basing this just on the information that is included. I think a lot of this seems like things that like, I could have put together if I just like really studied the mm. book and then Stephanie signed off on it. Hmm. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> that would be lame. Her vehicle is the yellow Porsche... 911 Turbo, which is the one they stole in Italy, I think. Edward bought it for mm -hmm. her again or something. I was wondering, did she not have a car before that? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. And when she was a human, she had a sister named Cynthia, and she has a human niece who still ri mm. resides in Biloxi. And she still had premonitions as a child, but... It says in the book that they're more having a feeling instead of actually seeing the future. Um, mm -hmm. People said that, that uncanny child of the Brandon, she was like well known for her predictions, but people thought she was like a witch or something because of that. And people thought she was like putting a curse on others. This is kind of weird to me. By the time Alice turned 18, she'd learned to ignore her gift for the most part, but occasionally she felt compelled to speak. When she did, it sometimes turned out badly, such as when Alice warned a friend not to marry a certain man, the friend ignored her, and it was revealed that the man's family had a history of insanity. Like, wait, what? What? So, like, I didn't... I mean, I know that, like, back then it would be considered insanity, but I think yeah. it's kind of weird to, like, act as if, quote, insanity <laughs> is, like, reason why Alice should say that, like, she shouldn't marry him. Because, like, really, insanity, what they're referring to is, like, mental health issues, and obviously mental health was not treated back then. Yeah. 
but it's like weird how like in the guide it's still stigmatized as like don't marry him he's crazy yeah like if something bad happened why didn't they just she just say it i don't get it yeah and also it's the guy's family had a history of insanity <laughs> that doesn't mean that like he's gonna be like quote insane like what was her vision yeah i don't, I don't get, get that it. yeah i underlined that too but as someone also um, institutionalized for her gifts, it's like weird that she's like uh, stigmatizing other people's <laughs> mental health yeah, issues. You know. <laughs> I guess at the time she thought it was something to warn about, and then mm -hmm. later she gets institutionalized and is like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, her friend whispered to others that Alice put a curse on her. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I guess she was being called a witch, right? Changeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like one of her favorite cousins planned to go out west to seek his fortune. Alice begged him not to, and the cousin died in an accident, and then the aunts and uncles blamed Alice. Mm. The only person who really believes her visions are her mom. Mm -hmm. So her mom, like, really believes Alice because Alice is having all these terrifying visions of her mom being murdered, and so her mm -hmm. mom, like, stays locked up in the house Yeah, that for was months. interesting... Yeah, because she sees this man, and her mom carries a pistol around mm. because she believes Alice that she's going to be killed by this man. But eventually, the man doesn't... Nothing happens. He never shows up. She doesn't, you know, get attacked or anything. It says she took the pistol with her every time she left the house at first. After two months, she started to forget. I was wondering if, like, if the man hadn't shown up yet because Alice had somehow, mm. like, prevented it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because, like, the mom was staying in and stuff and hiding, and I wonder if the man was actually unable to fulfill It his seems plan. like that, because then the vision changed. Yeah. It's interesting. And we know that the man, or, like, so then Alice's mom was inevitably killed when yeah. she was ran off the road. This was, like, a kill-for-hire stunt yeah. planned by her dad. Mm-hmm. And her dad remarries, and mm -hmm. Alice figures out that he was already with this younger woman before her mother was dead, I think, just because mm -hmm. of the things she heard the woman say. And Alice has a vision of herself being murdered, right? Mm hmm And she runs off to get help or whatever, but they put her in an insane asylum. And then she gets electric truck electroshock therapy and it causes her to lose her memory but it also allowed her naturally cheerful and humorous disposition to return mm -hmm. and then the groundskeeper this is all in the short films but if you guys didn't listen to that episode the groundskeeper working there was a vampire and he was working there because he could take advantage of this pool of humans who could die without much notice being taken which is really sad. It is sad. <laughs> um, but he formed an attachment to Alice for some reason. And he knew of her abilities. She always knew when he was coming. He would bring hidden objects with him to see if she could guess what he had. She got always got it right. And she had a vision of James coming. I don't know. This is why it gets confusing. <laughs> 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 Size. <laughs> okay, it occurred the moment he caught her scent, old and faded, in her hometown two years. Okay, so I guess James had been tracking her. She saw James find her. She told 
her only friend, the vampire, and he knew that what she was seeing was fact. He planned to escape with her, but Alice saw James catching up to her anyway. He offered other options, but every choice ended with James. Then the groundskeeper decided to change her. Alice saw that this would be very close. There might not be time for her blood to transform sufficiently for James to gain nothing in killing her. The vampire had heard enough. He bit Alice immediately and took her away to hide, knowing this would barely slow James. He put himself in James' path to delay him from Alice's vision. He knew James was a strong hunter and that it was a fight he would not win. So, groundskeeper died, I guess. Why would he do that? I know, why? I mean, mean, it's very nice, but why? It's, like, obviously he doesn't value human life that much because he's there killing people. So it's like, what about Alice? Like, just the fact that she has visions? Like, okay, that's fine. Maybe. No explanation. We need the groundskeeper's full backstory. (laughs) She wakes up. She's a vampire. Mm -hmm. She's unaware of James. She doesn't remember anything. She has visions now, and she has a vision. Her first clear vision is of Jasper Whitlock. Mm. She knew that Jasper was her future mate, but she also knew that he wasn't ready for her yet. (laughs) And instead of going to look for him, she waits for him, basically. I love that her greeting was characteristically cryptic. Yep. They meet in a small diner in Philly. Alice was already in love. (laughs) Jasper quickly learned to reciprocate. (laughs) (laughs) And then, to please Alice, Jasper began practicing a vegetarian lifestyle as well. By 1950, when they joined the Collins, Alice was able to control her thirst, as well as the rest of the family did. So, Jasper has been with the family for a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. 55 years by the time Bella meets him. It's interesting. He's still struggling. Yeah. Hmm. Alice loves all of her adoptive family, but has a special bond with Edward. Mm. Thanks to his mind-reading abilities, he is the only one who truly understands what it's like to live with constant visions of the future. That's cute. He's the only one that gets it. Okay, next is Jasper. Jasper Whitlock, hail. Jasper Whitlock, ma'am. He's born in 1844. Date of transformation, 1863, at the age of... From Maria. From Maria. And he's from Houston. 19. Texas. Honey blonde hair. Brown eyes. Six three. Too tall. <laughs> Way too tall. Why are they all, They're all... six two and up? <laughs> yeah. Wait. That is crazy. I feel like that's not It's really... a basketball team. Why didn't Bella say, why didn't she say, maybe she did, in Twilight when they all walk in. Who's that tall cafeteria? family? Yeah. Look <laughs> at <laughs> those models over there. That it's makes tall. Alice look so short, too. She's sports set. Oh my god. I know, Wait. crazy. Wow, she's 4'10 and her boyfriend or her husband, whatever, is 6'3. Yeah. Crazy. Imagine her next to Jacob. Oh my gosh. Is Jacob taller than Emmett or? Yeah, remember Jacob is like 6'7 or something Oh crazy. my gosh. They're all so tall. Okay, real quick, his description, Jasper, medium build. His hair falls just above his collar, many scars. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to both feel and manipulate the emotions of those around him. He has attended Jasper. high school and college several times. He has degrees in philosophy and history. Oh, that's cute. He's a natural scholar and an avid reader. He has a shrewd mind for both business and battle tactics. Jasper has a silver duck 
Ducati. Ducati motorcycle given to him by Edward. That's cool. I didn't know he drove a motorcycle. Did yeah. you? I think I did, actually. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so it like goes through his relationships and says he also feels brotherly affection for nomadic vampires Peter and Charlotte. Eric Odom. Mm-hmm. Played Peter. Whose name I forgot we, a couple episodes We know here. him. Yes, so, you know, he was in, born in Houston. When he was 17, he lied about his age and volunteered to join the Confederate Army. We've talked about this. Yep. Mm, even as a human, Jasper had a gift for empathizing with and influencing the emotions of those around him. Wow. Jasper, he's so manipulative. <laughs> he yeah. seems interesting. Like, he read, he studied philosophy and history. Like, he seems really thoughtful yeah. and stuff. But also, yeah, kind of sneaky. Yeah. I hate the way his, like, position in the Confederate Army is so glorified mm-hmm. in the telling of it. Like, If there was just one sentence or something where it said, like, since then, mm-hmm. he's reflected on... Well, he studies history, so I want to yeah. know what he thinks about it now that it's, it is history. It's it's odd. There's nothing... Like, the way it's, like, that. it's just to show, like, how good of a soldier he was. Like, Jasper was the youngest major in the Confederate Army. Like, it's mm-hmm. just very much, like, romanticizing, like, how great he was. Like I know. Mm. It does take yeah. place in present times. So you think there would be, like, one sentence where yeah. he's, like... His, he has reflected on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, odd that there's so much written about the Confederacy. No mention of slavery. No. And as it said in Eclipse, he's changed by Maria. She had a newborn army. You know. Maria. He befriends Peter and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he joins Maria's army, and they're... That army is, like, even worse than the Confederate... Wait, no, I don't know if I should... No, it is. It Wait, is worse. what are you talking about? Maria's army, oh, the he's newborn. Oh, in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Where he has to kill them after they're no longer newborns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's a bad job that he mm-hmm. has right away. Um, yeah, she disposes of him when they don't develop any other skills and make them valuable... And, yeah. Here I'm wondering, now, I know that this is hard for him, but as an empath, like, how can he even have this position where he's just, like, annihilating people constantly? I don't know. I mean, I think somehow he was under control of Maria. Somehow he she manipulated him. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, he can feel people's emotions, but he can also control them. Mm. So, I don't know. I guess he was handy to have in that position. But, yeah, I know it's crazy. He's, like, getting... I mean, maybe that's... Maybe that's why Stephanie has him in the Confederate Army. Because it shows how easily manipulated he is to join causes which are not really noble. Maybe. Because then he's in the Confederate Army, which is, like, a bad side to be on for humans in an army Mm -hmm. and then he joins maria's army which is also for a really bad cause yeah but it shows how he is easily manipulated Mm -hmm. and also good at manipulating others to Mm -hmm. be in those positions Mm -hmm. that must be it maybe 
Maybe. Yeah, but Peter and Charlotte, like, ran away and then come back for him and tell him, like, there's a new way, there's another way to live. You don't have to live this way. And so he runs away. <laughs> what? There's another way to live. You don't have to be this way. <laughs> yeah, and they go travel the more peaceful north, but his depression didn't lift. Sad. Mm. He's tortured. Mm-hmm. His misery stayed with him. Mm. Eventually he left Peter and Charlotte. He tried to kill us often, but the thirst was always overwhelming. And then in 1948, he encounters Alice. I'm pretty sure in the back there's like a timeline of everything that happens, and I'm pretty sure they got married in 1950. Mm. It's interesting, Fast. it says, at Carlisle's suggestion, I know. Alice and Jasper were married. What? What does that mean? He's like, I'm not comfortable with you sharing a bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need to get married. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that's you about. You cannot share a bed until <laughs> there will be no premarital sex under my roof. <laughs> yeah, why a Carlisle suggestion? Yeah, is it just like for a cover? I don't get <laughs> no. it. I don't know. I was like, it's interesting at the very end of his little story. It says, Jasper became fond of the members of his new family, but never developed the deep bonds with them that Alice did. Mm. Jasper chose to live with the Collins in order to stay with Alice because of the vegetarian lifestyle, though exceptionally difficult for him, freed him from the negative emotions that had so depressed him. So I think we asked this before, like, if Alice wasn't in the family, would he still be there? Or like, how does he feel about the Collins? Yeah. Like, I think we've asked that before. He doesn't have a deep bond with them. Here's the explanation. This it's kind of sad. Carlisle, like it said, that he considers them, all of them his children, mm -hmm. so. And all the others said that they consider- Jasper their brother, <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, he does, in the relationship section, it does mm -hmm. say that he considers them, but I wonder why he feels so distant from them. Maybe you know, partially he resents their way of life. Maybe. Hmm. It does seem like through Bella's journey, he does become A little more closer open. with the whole family. Yeah. yeah. I think he has... Again, it's never said I write about the Confederacy thing, mm -hmm. and I wish it was, but I feel like he has a lot of shame, and I feel like that holds him back. Yeah. Especially about the killing humans thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like he, I mean, I don't know. It seems like he feels like he doesn't deserve it or something, like their love. or He always is kind of he's almost, a little far back. I feel like he's almost more tortured than Edward is. Yeah. He's, he's really tortured. Yeah. he's If there's, like, extremes, mm -hmm. I think he's on the extreme end of agony. And then Emmett is on the complete other yeah. end. And Ed, Edward's, like, not in the middle, but a little bit closer to Jasper's on the spectrum. What do Jasper and Alice talk about? I know. <laughs> I'm sure Alice, is, Alice balances hey. Jasper out. They don't even have any similar interests, really. I know. I can't Philosophy, imagine. history, art, stock markets. Hey. <laughs> Fitz almost knocked down our sound booth, <laughs> which is a foam contraption that Mel made. Yes. I basically just took cardboard and I super glued it to an old egg crate that was on my dorm room bed. And we have it set up as a little fort mm -hmm, that we're recording mm -hmm, from. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it sounds good. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, that's Jasper. There's Jasper for you. All right, now we got Bella. Oh, Bella. I feel like Bella could have had a lot more information here. Yeah, but we talked about this. I was wondering if it's just because she's the narrator of the books. Yeah. However, 
Hava? You I still don't her. know much about her life before Forks. Yeah. And I don't know. There's always more to know. Do you have any cousins? Yeah. Also, who, uncles? Who are your friends? Yeah. Fitz. I feel like Fitz just said, now. <laughs> He's being so talkative. Okay. She, Isabella Marie Swan Cullen, preferred name, Bella. She has birthday. It's September 13th, 1987. Mm -hmm. Cool. Do you uh, transformation September 11th 2006 why yeah did Stephanie make her transformation and Renesmee's birthday 9-11 yeah <laughs> I don't get that like I know like, oh that's one of my questions I want to ask yeah her. like we could make the argument it's just a day people are born on September True. 11th and maybe we want to people are born destigmatize that date because it is Still a date, yeah. you know, and people. I bet a lot of people have birthdays on September. Yeah, and 11. it sucks if you can't like celebrate it. But at the same time, <laughs> in a book, in a fictional, they book, don't have to have that birthday. <laughs> Maybe she was just trying to be like a little bit contrarian or something, and he's like, "Hey, it's just a day." Mm -hmm. Yeah, just. A... <laughs> I don't know. And like, but she didn't need to be like two days after Belle's birthday. Like, I don't think yeah. that's like pivotal to the story. Or two days before. Two, oh yeah, two days before. Yep, Renesmee's birthday is September 11th. Anyone listening, is that your birthday too? <laughs> how, how does it feel? Probably not not great. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It is just a date, but it carries with it so much weight and grief. Yeah. And so, no matter what, when you see that date, like, it's so sad and jarring. Like, even if it's, like, 9-11 a.m. or p.m., yeah. Here in America, like if you say like, oh, it's nine eleven. Everyone's like, <gasps> it's sad. Yeah. So yeah. it's like just a really sad <laughs> date to put. It's weird when a tragic event becomes known by the literal date of the tragic event. I always wondered why. I guess nothing caught on. Why wasn't there another name for what happened on nine eleven? Just I, like became nine eleven. Probably because too much happened. Like you, mm. like you could say the Twin Towers attacks, but like there's also the Pentagon. Yeah. And the True. other plane that went down. Yeah, what would you say? Like, that's what I hate too about when there's deadly storms and it's someone's yeah. name. I don't get that why. Sucks. Why on <laughs> earth do they do that? Yeah. It's so annoying. I always thought that Hurricane like Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. That's Charlie's mom's name. Yeah. Uh, but that's like a beautiful name. Yeah. I always thought that was a really nice name and then it became like the worst hurricane. Yeah. So deadly. There was like a storm Melissa a few years ago, but luckily mm. it wasn't that bad, so Hmm. What were some other bad ones? Um Sandy. Sandy was really bad. What was Irene, the one? Oh yeah. What was the one like was it Sandy? Like four years ago, five years ago? That one really ruined like the Jersey Shore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get why that's a thing that people do. Why do we even need... I don't know. I guess it is helpful to name them, but... Mm. They should be, like, weird names that no one has, though. Yeah, like, dystopian young adult book names. Yeah. <laughs> or what's, what's an... PETA. Oh, like, I think it's... You know what's so sad? Is what? Isis was a name. Oh, I know. A girl's name. I think Isis is actually a pretty name. Yeah, like, that's, like, so Isis. sad. Like, now if your name is... Isis, like, you can't go by it. I know. Or you can. Yeah. But some people might. Or less that. bad, but I hate that Amazon also named their um, AI 
device or whatever, Alexa. Oh, that, I that's know. That's a name too. And I know. Now if your name is Alexa, you can't go to anybody's house and have them address you. Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that, if anyone's listening to this on speakerphone and that sets off there. Oh, I know. <laughs> Alexa. Alexa, turn on the light. <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> okay, Google, play Bad Guy by <laughs> Billie Eilish. <laughs> Hey, why don't you do a Twilight song? Oh, <laughs> oh, Alexa, who's your favorite Twilight character? She says Alice. She does? <laughs> she does. No I would ask her that. Hey, Siri. I like, <laughs> is Siri a name? I actually like that name. I think it's cute. I don't know. It is cute, though. I would, like, name my kid Siri, but it's, it's too much. I think it's, like, not common enough that it, like, mm-hmm. matters that mm-hmm. it's a device. Alexa, play the Twilight soundtrack. I think Google did it best. Like, they just did Google. Like Yeah. Okay, Google. I always write about this other one called Josh. Josh AI. Oh. We say, okay, Josh. It's supposed to be for, like, smart homes, though. Mm. That's good they did a man. Cause yeah. I, I've been reading a lot of stuff about how so misogynistic it is at all these all different... All the servants are women. Yeah, yeah they're all <laughs> women. And people are so mean to them, too. They're like, Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Alexa, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, the way we treat Yeah, our... Josh... Josh is cool. Like, also, you can really turn it off. And it, it doesn't... It stores all the commands and stuff, like, locally, not in a cloud. Guys, I, I write about technology for work. Um, so it never sends your voice or anything to the internet. It never, mm. like, sells. It's never, like, creeping on you. And That's it's very cool. easy to turn off. So I, I think it's cool. You should get paid right now for the synopsis. <laughs> I know. What? It. I know. You just, like, I basically did, did an oral I vlog know. for that. I This is not <laughs> sponsored whatsoever. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Hey, advertising, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like as voice, voice assistants go. I mm-hmm. feel like Josh is the best, but it's more for like controlling your home. Yeah. Um, anyway. So Bella. 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 She's 5'4". Movie night with Bella. She's one inch shorter than me. Wow. Yeah, she's kind of, she's on the short side. Mm-hmm. Um, she's below average. Her physical description is very long. Yeah. I don't know if we should read the whole thing. I mean, you guys know what she looks like, but it's so specific. Wide forehead with widow's peak. That's cute. She has a widow's peak. Her lips are out of proportion. A bit too full for her slim jawline. I didn't see her as having full lips, so that's new to me. Also, it's funny how it's framed as, like, out of proportion, full lips. Like, that's what everyone covets these days. I know. (laughs) Out of proportion. Too big. No. Her lips are too big. She's the ideal lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chocolate brown eyes. Yeah. Why doesn't this little illustration here, she doesn't have a widow's peak. Yeah, she doesn't. I don't know. She's got the middle part. No, that's a side part. I'm sorry, side part. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a sec. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. I'm not seeing what you just said. Um, out of style now, apparently. Yeah, I was talking about this with an 18-year-old recently, and <laughs> Charlie's sister. Oh, um, I was like, what 18-year-old? I was saying, like, okay, I just feel like people with curly hair can't do middle part, though. Mm. And she was like, yeah, curly hair is fine. Yeah. Curly hair, it's like, I, sometimes I don't even have a part. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I used to have a middle part when I was younger, but I think 
I mean, you guys, anyone can do whatever you freaking want, but I just feel like middle part of curly hair sometimes looks a bit weird. It, like, goes out too far. Yeah, it's like a Christmas Horizontally. Tree. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is perfect. I feel like it needs to be on the side. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord. Mm -hmm. And when you're, like, <laughs> running your hands through your hair so much, like, yeah. my part just falls where it falls. I don't... I... Don't think everyone needs to have the same hair part just because that's in. Sometimes mm -hmm. I see pictures of like lots of girls and I'm like, you guys all look exactly the same. I know. Because you all have the same hair. Like it's okay to not do your hair the same way. Same as hair, else. like same highlight. Yeah, same makeup. Yeah, like, same style. Yeah, let's celebrate differences. <laughs> let's celebrate differences. <laughs> but also, no shade if you do. What's in style? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is. Tripping me up is skinny jeans going out of style? No, 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 no. I know. Skinny jeans can never go out of style. Like, I know. how? They look cute. I know. You don't They're have timeless. to. You don't have to follow yeah. the trends. They fit you know? so well in a boot. I know. <laughs> yeah, and now, I mean, I do kind of like the look of, like, slightly baggier, but mm -hmm. they're, like, but they have to be rolled up above your boot. Yeah. God, we cannot go back to, like, 2007 when I would have freaking flared jeans like falling out of my boots that's disgusting i, know, I used to like try to, so trashy i used to stuff my flared jeans <laughs> into my boots <laughs> it looked so bad it looks, like like uh, you can't wear flared jeans with anything other than like a flat yeah, shoe yeah. and like the thing about living in a cold climate is you gotta wear boots yeah i feel so. like even back then i knew it didn't look good yeah me I was too like, oh. like i would try to like bunch it up and stick it all in me the boot me too <laughs> Looks so bad, and like, like my feet felt so heavy. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Not a good look. No, <laughs> never was. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about that. The skinny jeans. Yeah, I refuse. Yes. Why are you crying so much? Seems like we're just saying things are out of style for the sake of it. Well, I mean, I know it's depressing, but everything is cyclical. Like literally everything. Mm -hmm. just comes back and then goes out of style. It comes back and mm -hmm. goes out of style. It's annoying. Yeah, and I know I said this to you, but the thing that people are now saying is out of style is the green army jackets. Oh, yeah. Why? That That is timeless. That is you so cute. You don't need to care what people say. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool when people sometimes, like, have a style and stick to it, and that's just, like, mm -hmm. their thing. I think it's cool when generations always keep a bit of the trends from yeah. when they were young and their style, like the way that like older people dress, yeah, is like evocative of the time period they grew up in. I think that's really cool. Me too. I was saying the other day that this is so Alice of us. Um, I was wondering, maybe I said this I think in a group message with you, but I was wondering if maybe low rise, like really low rise jeans, what if they just never come back in style? I hope they don't. I hope they don't. But I actually think that. Low-rise jeans in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s to mid-2000s, whatever, um, was kind of crazy. I think that's, like, the only time women ever wore mm. that shape. Like, every time period, having a, like, really cinched-in, defined waist was, like, the look. Like, for all your dresses yeah. and stuff, like, the high waist, the tight waist look. And it was only, like, in the early 2000s having, We never, like, like, exposed that part of our skin. Yeah, having the low jeans. Like, just the silhouette, I guess you'd say, was so different. I don't think it's that flattering. So I hope it doesn't come back. Yeah. It's not flattering, but it is, like... Because it's almost like, especially if you wore a crop top with yeah. it, like, you're exposing the skin, like, right above, like... <laughs> 
your woman parts. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're exposing, like... I know. And that, we don't... But we would wear, like, long shirts with oh, low-rise yeah. pants. Yeah. It's just a they're, very weird look. They're also very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. when your skin is, like... The muffin top? Yeah, the... Yeah, muffin top. <laughs> or, like, it's, like, your jeans are just, like, cutting off circulation. Yeah. Like, I hope right it doesn't come back. Yeah. And if it does, I'm just gonna have to be out of style. You mean so? Be a loser. <laughs> Whatever. I think we are all in agreement. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying that like this outside force determines what's in. I know. Like, what the fuck? I know. And we yeah. all fall in line with it. We're like tie dye. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like if you, if you are confident in yourself, and if mm -hmm. you're a beautiful girl, which you are, then you can wear whatever. Exactly. You know. I think it's funny how uh, COVID and, like, quarantine stuff, it's almost made, like, trends and styles way more apparent. Maybe it's because, like, we have more time to reflect on what's in and what's not. Yeah, maybe. Usually I'm like, I can't tell what the style is until we're past it. Yeah. Maybe because it hasn't really changed this year, so it's like, oh, mm -hmm. this is what it is. Except what's super in is two-piece sets, like a bodysuit. I feel like that's been in for a few years. Yeah, but like like a sweatsuit, matching sweatsuit. Oh, I guess. Mm. Tie-dye matching sweatsuits. Hi, kitty. You've been so loud today. I know. What's up with that? Okay, back to Bella. She, so far, has only gone to Forks High School, mm -hmm. and she had a part-time job at Newton's Olympic She's Outfitters. educated. <laughs> I wonder if she will add to that, probably. But we don't know. Belle enjoys reading, especially the classics and listening to music. I wrote music's not really. Are you not that into music? She was. She was. But then when Edward left, she wasn't. But yeah. before that, I mean, really, she just listened to, like, Lincoln Park CD one time. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Her vehicle's red 1953 Chevy pickup hey. truck. It's a 1960s Honda motorcycle. She has so many cars. Mm -hmm. 2006 Mercedes Guardian, a red Ferrari yeah. 5430, which she doesn't even want any of those. are all mm -hmm. gifts from Edward. Funny. Yeah, Esme can just take one of those out. Um, <laughs> I know. Her relationships. Interesting it doesn't say that her stepmother is uh, Sue Clearwater. Obviously, they're not officially married, but like, yeah. do they get married? We don't know. Isabella Bella Swan was born in Forks, Washington. Her parents were named Charlie divorced when she was still a baby. Bella lived with her mother growing up mainly in Riverside, California and Phoenix, Arizona. Up until 2002, Bella visited her father in Forks for a month every summer. The climate in Forks was unpleasant to Bella, though. And when she was old enough, she insisted that Charlie meet her in California for a few weeks in the summer instead. Okay, my question for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Does she, when she's young and when she's a little bit older, does she see Charlie any other time of year other than I guess one not. big chunk in the summer? I, I guess not. Like, no, what about Christmas? Yeah, did she see him on holidays? How often did, she, did she talk on the phone? Like, this seems like a very distant relationship. Distant, yeah. That's so sad for Charlie, too. I know, because he loves Bella. Like, he's just alone all year? Ugh. Too bad they couldn't make it work. I, I'm surprised that there weren't at least like twice a year. I know visitations. I know, just for a month. Even more. Maybe. Like I feel like Charlie probably has the PTO. Like I know. They could meet halfway. Well, a month is a lot. But they could do a long weekend. I know. Crazy. 
They're on the same coast. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I guess Bella didn't fit in with her peers in California or Arizona. It's been a little out of step. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like Cinderella. She was doing the household chores. <laughs> yeah. She preferred quiet pastimes like reading. Partly because she was extraordinarily clumsy. Oh my god, she's like the shortest. I know. That's just crazy. Yeah. Dude, what is she holding in her picture as a vampire? Is that an iPhone? <laughs> it might be. It's a one hitter. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a vape. <laughs> Dry herb vape. It's her, I guess it's her cell phone on like some fancy chain. Or is it a purse? Oh, maybe it's a I purse. I think it's a purse. Oh, yeah. yeah. She looks. Way too glamorous. Yeah, here. Like what I is know this dress? Alice dresses her up. But she looks so glam. Also, kind of seems like her hair grew. What the heck? She looks too high fashion there. Her plan for the future was to get a degree in education and teach like her mother. And like Esme. And like Esme. Yeah, but she intended to teach at the high school level. Mm hmm. Bella arrived in Forks in January 2005 to finish high school in the town where she was born. On her first day of Forks High School, she met Edward Cullen. Wow. As we all know. Oh my god. I don't speak car and driver. <laughs> Nothing. I just hadn't realized before. Did you know you're so beautiful? Oh my god, why did I just read a Jacob <laughs> quote? <laughs> Sorry, Team Jacob fans. I love you. You're welcome here. Rosalie is jealous of me? <laughs> it's over. We've all been sentenced to die. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> Kiss me, Jacob. Kiss me and <laughs> come back. <laughs> Show me their damn ring, Edward. <laughs> Famous conversations with Edward. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to read that whole thing. I smelled the blood. People can't smell blood. Well, I can't. That's what makes me sick. It smells like rust and salt. What? It's nothing. <laughs> and there's a little illustration of her bedroom. Mm. It's cute. It's cute. Latin purple. Yeah. Purple's nice. Violet they did pure. good with the, in the movie. Yeah. They did well. Like, they really, just like it, actually. Yeah. The window mm -hmm. really captured it. They did. Where's your CD player? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's too picky. <laughs> Where's her sweetie player? Where's her stack of books on the floor? Yeah. Sure Where's the picture of the human friends? <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm, finally. Last but not least. We got Renesme Carl Carly Cullen. She's got a little iPod Nano in, er, in her hand. Is yeah. it an iPod Nano or yeah. Shuffle? Nano. Nano. She's got a little, oh, that bracelet from Jacob. I feel like her expression here is a little bit like, what? Yeah. What do you want? What? You want me to take a picture with a guide? Okay. She does look really pretty, though. She does. Look at her dress. Her ringlets are so tight. Mm-hmm. Get her little tutu kind of Her dress. little foot, a barefoot. Yeah. Kind of dirty. It's cute. It is cute. Still just hard for me to wrap my head around it, though. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that, 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 that's Edward and Bella's kid. Like, I just can't. That they just I know gave I've birth had, to? I know I've had years to 
get this in my head, but it's just, you know, it's hard. Yeah. So, Renesmee Carly Cullen, nicknamed Nessie. Nessie. Born September 11th, 2006. Wow. Why was she born September 11th? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we get that. into that again. Yeah. Whoa, it's just a day. <laughs> we, like, do the whole conversation. I wonder if anyone online has ever, like, talked about that. I know. We could probably search it on Reddit. Probably. Hair color bronze, eye color brown. She's three, three four, four five. <laughs> oh, I guess that's she's still a kid. A kid. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> weird. It's like, why did she pick what height she was gonna put she's down? She's three foot five. You should say three foot five and growing. I know. <laughs> she's probably gonna why be a different height two minutes later. I feel like later there should be a drawing of her as an adult. Yeah. Um, we don't know if she makes it that far. Oh my god, Mel. I think <laughs> she, she does. does. We don't. <laughs> on the books. <laughs> wow, her crib is fancy. It is fancy. Born healthy, more beautiful than her father. What? <laughs> and strong. We needed a crib made of wrought iron. Wow. So she can show people her thoughts. You guys know this by touching their skin. Mm-hmm. Very aro. She's taught at home by her parents, extended family, and friends. So she's not going to go to school. Hmm. Real school, it seems. Maybe right? later she will. But yeah. Sad. Not yet. She she's no not ready. Friends. She likes to hunt with yeah, Jacob. she has no friends. Sad. Wait, that's so sad. She only hangs out with adults. She'll never have a kid friend. <sighs> she can, can she go hang out with uh, Claire, whatever? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Too babyish. Yeah, too babyish. I don't now know. she's too old. For and she's a real... Baby, yeah, like, true. yeah, sad though. Wait, that is like so sad that I never thought about. Mm. Yeah, she literally just hangs out with adults, adults, and it's like all her like aunts and uncles and mom and dad. <laughs> That's so yeah. sad. She likes to hunt with Jacob, read, study, and spend time with her parents and other members of the Cullen family. She should have some more interests mm-hmm. than that, but whatever. She doesn't have a vehicle yet, darn. <laughs> It says her relationships, and then at the end it says Jacob Black is imprinted on her. I, mean, I wrote, ugh. Creep. Wait, what is it, does it say for Jacob that he's like... Oh my gosh, I don't know. Yeah, it says... Oh yeah, by the way, he's um, 6'7". Oh my gosh. Um, It says in his relationships, Jacob's mother Sarah is deceased. He has older twin sisters named Rachel and Rebecca. He lives with his father Billy Black. He has imprinted on her Nesme Cullen. <laughs> There you go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Renesmee is both vampire and human. She maintains a body temperature greater than that of a normal human at around 105 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a lot. That is a lot. I think it can make more sense for it to be lower mm-hmm. as a hybrid. She has a lot of like opposite characteristics. Yeah. We kind of already know all of this. They really don't tell it us is. anything about her. In fact, her history is not even a history. It's just about... It's just her. what we see in Breaking Down. That's why I think... That's why I have doubts that Stephanie really sat down and wrote this book. I kind of think that, like... Oh, my God. It seems to what me... Didn't? Like, editors put this together based on what's in the book, and Stephanie signed off. Yep, that's true. Yep. No! Like, they didn't really add This content. would crush me. Isn't that, guys, don't you think that sounds like, I don't know. I hope not. Well, I guess if that's true, anything weird in here, we can blame on them. Yeah. Uh, 
after this, there's a little part of the Colin home. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was very interesting. It's kind of cool. It says, like, where each room is in the house and mm. just describes what it looks like. And then it says, behind the stairs is the office of CEE -C -E Inc., mm. the Colin's personal company, where they manage all of their business dealings. What? What do we think that stands for? CEE. -E. Colin Enterprise? Colin Enterprise. Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment. Colin. I don't know. Yeah, why didn't you guys tell Colin us? Colin Edward. Didn't they tell yeah. us? Why so mysterious? Colin Enterprise. <laughs> it's also Equity. interesting that the remainder of the third floor is called the library and is used for any technically illegal activity, mm. such as forging birth certificates and hacking into computer systems, which the Collins must do in order to maintain various identities needed to live unnoticed in human society wow cool that is cool the house really doesn't look like the house in the movie no it doesn't it's much more classic yeah you know, it's like a more old-fashioned looking old white house yeah mm -hmm. i like this house too yeah i like the house in the movie better though i think i'd rather live in this one but that one's cool yeah, I'd probably rather live in this one, but I prefer mm -hmm. for the Collins, the one that they yeah. live in. In the back of the book, there's also a whole part about all the Collins' cars with pictures of them. There's really nothing to say about it. It's kind of funny. The part about Edward's cars is really like getting into how they reflect his personality <laughs> and stuff. Like, while the Volvo is the outward expression of Edward's inner personality, the silver Aston Martin is more the automotive equivalent of the story's hero. <laughs> what? Well, technically a sports car, the British-made Aston is a proper gentleman of the group, just as the Ferrari 5430 is a cocky hero. <laughs> Made in true, true British style, every ounce of this car alludes to old-world money, power, and manners. It really gets into it. It's cool kind of to look at the pictures, but it's mm. kind of... I mean, if anyone's a car enthusiast, maybe this is cool for them, but it's kind of unnecessary. I mean, it tells us, like, the engine, the horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? That's funny. Yeah, Stephanie must really love cars. She loves that. them. It's fitting that Alice would fall in love with this car, which offers the same characteristics that she possesses. The Porsche is generally the smallest in the, of the exotic race, offers fewer cylinders and less power in a package. <laughs> I love that Stephanie put... Like, so much thought into what car each of them drive. Yeah. And, like, had those cars reflect their personality. I think mm -hmm. that's a sign of such a gifted writer. That is cute. Very cute. Mm. Yeah, the truck. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Guys, I don't know why it stopped recording. This is the first time it's ever happened. I know. Luckily, we only lost, like, a couple minutes. Yeah, like, I don't know if anything we said was, like, that... <laughs> important we was, were talking we kind of wrapped up talking about the cars mm -hmm. and was it me saying that i think it was ghost written yeah maybe the, maybe it's for the best that that was cut out <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's interesting because in the beginning there is a part where it acknowledges two women from the twilight lexicon for their contributions and we're just like hmm yeah what is contribution the, the contributions mean? the guide yeah mm -hmm. and then I was just like, the Collins. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then asked I, what your favorite Colin was. Oh, and I said Emmett. Besides Edward. Yeah. yeah. And I said Carlisle, I guess, but I also like Jasper. And, mm. Okay, that's such a cop out answer. What's my answer? I can't say three people. I was like, Carlisle. Yeah, I think your I answer think is, is Carlisle. 
Um, and then I was comparing the Collins to The Sims. Yeah. The okay, wait. Were you... I feel like you didn't finish that thought. I didn't finish. Yeah. So, basically, <laughs> you're playing The Sims. Like, you know, sometimes they go through stuff. Like, their mom catches on fire. Yeah. And they think about it their for a few days. <laughs> yeah. And they're sad for a few days. And, like, yeah. maybe it's a part of their memories. But, like, there's some type of emotional disconnect when you're playing it where it's, like, not really that important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... That's what the Collins Baxter stories feel like. I mean, yeah, like Jasper, he still like talks about his like confederacy. Yeah. Like, but they're not connected to their previous lives, really. Yeah, and there's just like a lot just of happened. holes. There's yeah. a lot of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, anyone who hasn't played The Sims probably won't relate to this, but I also think some of the Collins, it's like. Okay, when you play Sims, sometimes there's a couple people in your family that you create that you really feel like you know, that mm-hmm. you totally get their personality. You have, like, their whole life plans for them. Like, you just feel yep. into them. And other ones, you're like, uh, I, I don't know, know what I'm going to do with like, this oh, one. like, oh, he's a punk. Yeah. You, like, give him black lipstick or something, mm-hmm. and that's really all you know about him. Some of the Collins, I think, like, Esme is a little bit like that. Like, I, I, she just doesn't feel very fleshed mm-hmm. out to me. Yeah, she's, like, one of the people living in the house, but you... <laughs> You don't really do much with her. Yeah. Yeah. But this got unfortunately erased, I guess, or didn't record that I was saying that I think the Collins are really cool and I think people when they're new to Twilight are very captivated by them. It's like, oh wow, there's like this whole family of vampires. Mm. Oh my gosh. And I think they're cool. Yeah. Characters. It's just we want more and I feel a little ungrateful that we have this guide and I'm still feeling like I want more, but I don't know, it just feels like we didn't quite get the, mm-hmm. In this and in Midnight Sun, I still feel like we just didn't There's always it. something missing. But maybe we'd never be satisfied. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But I, I do think the guide could have had more. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so too. Hmm. I do wonder. I don't know. I do wonder if it was ghostwritten or parts of it were ghostwritten. I think parts definitely were. But like why? Maybe she just didn't have time. I think she didn't have time. She didn't want to do it. I mean, I this know. was when she was producing Breaking Dawn. Yeah. So, but it's just odd because I feel like if I had this gig, I would just be like, yeah. Mm. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just typing away at my I computer. mean, she definitely probably had people who at least like read the books and went through and like made yeah. notes for her or something. Yeah. Like, of course she would have help, but it just seems like she probably was like, okay, someone else could take over this section with everything. But do everything. you think she would really let them just say things? Like, Rosalie had two younger brothers. Like, they could just make that up? Or do you think she had, like, a little notebook? She probably had a like little that? notebook. I mean, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> some things, like the Renesmee one, I could have written that. Yeah, that doesn't so, provide anything Yeah. at all. The Bella one didn't. Yeah. Even the Emmett one didn't really. Like, it said he womanized, I guess. Yeah. But, like, we could have guessed, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you read the bonus feature, which was available at the time, mm-hmm. you could put that together. Dang. But I can, I can also see the argument of why this is just a guide. Why include new information, I guess. Hmm. When really you would want new information in a new <laughs> book. The guide is interesting. Like, there's a part in the back. First of all, there's a timeline of everything that happens, including, like, the Volturi, like, thousands of years ago, stuff like that. But then there's a part where it goes through just, like, all the plot points of all the books. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if someone 
wanted to watch the movies but not read the book because they didn't feel like it or something, they could just look at this Wait, and but they get it. Even the, even the like author thing makes it seem ambiguous about who the author of this is. It says, a companion to the number one best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. But it doesn't say on the cover that she's the author. Yeah. A campaign, yeah, it doesn't say like by Stephanie Meyer. And then on the back it says Stephanie Meyer is the author of the number one best selling Twilight Saga and the host, but it doesn't say she's the author of this book. Wait, but there's like a little letter thing in the beginning. Well, maybe it's fake, I don't know. Dear reader, working on this guide has given me a chance to reflect on how much a story has changed my life. One of the best ways things have changed is the opportunity I've had to get to know so many of my readers. I'm always impressed by the funny, caring, interesting people you are. I truly feel that with your enthusiasm and dedication you've brought as much to the series as I have. Little Brown and I have been working hard to make this guide interesting. Yeah, Little Brown and I. Yeah, working on the guide doesn't mean she wrote the guide. Hope that we've succeeded. I've never presumed to expect that all the questions have been answered, but fingers crossed. I think we. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, I think we got mm-hmm. the big ones plus money that no one's ever asked before. Enjoy. Yeah, it sounds like a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. For sure. It definitely wasn't an opportunity to add like new things. Mm-hmm. Note from the publisher. Yeah, why is there a note from the publisher? I think. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of put together. As a another thing, they as a companion, so. but not. <laughs> you guys not like that? No. <laughs> you guys like that? <laughs> it actually shot up very loud on the <laughs> thing. Twilight podcast. Vampire. If you're listening to this falling asleep, we hope that this was a very great experience for you. Thank you so much for coming. We love you. Goodbye. Go to sleep. And if you want more episodes, we're on Patreon. We have more episodes every week. Yes. yes. And it's optional. Yes. Totally optional. No pressure. No pressure. We love you. We and love we'll you. Be Bye. <laughs> <laughs>